11 o'clock. I should do it like Boris Karloff. <laughs> 11, o- 11 o'clock comics, episode 132. Oh, that's going to be a nasty echo, man. Like boo hoo! Smell! Oh, I was so pumped. Because um, I told you guys that I had recorded an episode with uh, John Fryer. Yes, 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 yes. With Tom Mask, your mobile home was breakable. He came out and it was awesome, except for the fact that for some reason, my spec connection had that negative feedback that he brought on the And he said he tried to get it out, but he was looking so good. Oh, it's almost awesome. I couldn't listen to it. I went to it. And you, you also can't listen to our own show without the voicemail. What is that about? I haven't listened to it. I haven't listened to an episode of Eleven O'clock since like episode like ten. I've never heard one myself. Oh, but, and the most, but the most ironic part of the feedback is that in the beginning of our conversation, we got to talk about the original Adoration Society about Eleven O'clock and we were having to talk about podcasting and audience. And one of the things we were talking about was the importance of audio quality. And so we were, as we were talking about the importance of audio quality, we were hearing fucking feedback from me. Like That's cute. That's very so, cute. Well, well, well you, that, but, but it, it also gives you an excuse to go back and do it all over again. Not the same topic, but something fresh, something it's new. It's true. I think we pretty much ran the gamut of topics to discuss the mobile armored strike command i mean yeah i think like you know, two episodes is pretty much most anybody's ever yeah it only existed for out. yeah i think 30 or 40 episodes so hmm. you know <laughs> david kick it up a bit because we i'd love to bit. hear your voice yes bring it we who we oh. all of us the collective you call it <sighs> we white man there you go we we hey everybody look at this it's 11 o'clock comics episode 132 the the pseudo halloween episode because i don't know about you guys but i have no horror books to talk about uh, i picked up uh, one i today, do but... well i do sort of actually oh excellent okay good yeah. it is our hollywood episode then hollywood <laughs> halloween episode hollywood. why why are women so rude she, she knows we we record on a Wednesday. She's rude. Anyway. Ooh, your wife? Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about my wife. No, <laughs> no, no. Welcome to 11 O'Clock Comics episode 132, the Halloween episode. I am Vince B. in the house. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I am Christopher Neesman. You sure is. I am David Price. Ooh, sexy. And I am Knuckles O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to this every week. What's Jason going to be this week? <laughs> it's Halloween every week with Jason. No, you're not, Knuckles. You $10 are. $10 to any of you that can tell me who Knuckles O'Shaughnessy is without looking it up. Um, Denny O'Neill's... Um, no, no, no. Pseudo... No, that was... that was No, Hit, who, who am I thinking of? It's somebody in Hitman, isn't it? She- Seamus O'Shaughnessy was... Knuckles O'Shaughnessy is the midget Ghost Rider sidekick in the... Uh, Tony Moore issue where you're introduced to all of the different. Uh, uh, he was the Elliot Ness Ghost Rider versions mm. sidekick Knuckles O'Shaughnessy. I was too busy paying attention to the art. You would. Well, there you go. Yeah, you guys know what I was talking about with Denny O'Neill, though, right? Sure, yes. but yeah. you're not a little midget. You're Jason Wood here once again with us, and 
Do you know who brought us all together this week? Who did? Discount Comic Book Comcast? Service. No, no, Verizon. <laughs> Verizon DSL. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Do not pay retail for your comic books, okay? Get them okay. at a fraction of the cover price at DCBS. For example, I'm going to be pushing this again. It's still good, actually, because I checked it before we went in tonight, and you can still edit your final order, so these are still good. So get them in now, because you can get BPRD Plague of Frogs hardcover, 53% off. You could have paid $34.99 somewhere else, but you're not. You're going to pay $16.44 at DCBS. You can also get the first issue of John Byrne's Return to the Next Men. Woohoo! Three ninety nine? No way. Seven uh ninety nine cents, seventy five percent off. Stop moving around. Reed Fleming, <laughs> World's Toughest Milkman, hardcover, Order. volume one, fifty percent off. It's yeah. only gonna cost you fifteen dollars for a hardcover. You can also get all four issues of Oceanverse, Mike Schwartz's little uh baby, and you can also get the sixth gun, because we never talk about that. The no. trade is I half off, close. just like boys' pants. So DCBService.com. Jump on over there. And if you are one of those newcomers to the uh, online ordering stuff, they will give you an extra 8% off if you enter the following code in the pre-moisten slot. EOC8. Jason, what was that code again? EOC is 8. That's right. And that's street speak. And you can put that in there and you'll get an extra 8% off. So if you order everything from the special highlighted menu... Um, of monthly specials, say everything you get is 50% off, uh-uh, 58% off. Nuts. It's crazy. It and guess what I was talking to right before we started recording tonight? Jeff Lemire. The ghost of Miles Davis. Actually, I was talking to Jeff Lemire, but in between Jeff Lemire and you guys, hmm. Zach Kersey. Oh, uh, and that's Zach. a big deal why. We all talk to Zach. I know, but yeah, yeah, but but we're talking about trading beer. He's got some crazy uh, beer brewed in Florida that he's tracking down for me. He's going to ship it up to me, and and, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna pick out something to to ship him. So we're gonna you start still on the wagon, beer. dude? No, no. Oh God, it's been so good. Oh, <laughs> he's under the no. wagon. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been run over by the rat by the wagon. So why don't you tell us? Just in time start- for curling season. Yeah, start us off with that uh, stuff that's got you underneath that wagon. Drunk hey, cur- curling season started on on Sunday and was awesome. We got our asses kicked. Um, I, I was sweeping our, well, you know, I was I was lead stone, and we had to play with <laughs> we, we had to play so with the man team. So I was I was sweeping for five of the eight stones. So I was a little tired by the end of it. It was, it was and we got beat eleven to one, but it was. It it was still fun. So all right, <laughs> I want to be least. Know how going. interesting you are! You asked, you asked. I all did. right, yes. Drink, drink roll call. What's uh, what's which I'm actually uh, am able to drink this week, which is nice. Um, Vince, why don't you lead us off? Yingling Premium again. Okay, nice. that's that's fine. That's fine. I have some left. Mm-hmm. From the bottle you started last week. No. Oh, smart. Okay. Smarty pants. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Price, how about you? Uh, Jim Beam Choice, aged five years, and a little bit of Coca-Cola. Good you know, man. I have not found that in the in the Chicago area. Really? Coca-Cola? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's uh, got some squirt for you. How about that no, shit? No, we have squirt. No, uh, the, the, the Jim Beam, the five-year Jim Beam. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll have to track that down. Uh, Mr. Wood. Uh, I'm drinking some Grey Goose, straight up. Nice. nice. Straight up. Yeah. There you go. Chill it or anything? Or just right out of the bottle? Yeah, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's chilled. We keep it in the freezer. Okay, there you go. Uh, this week, my triumphant return to a, to a, a road towards alcoholism uh, is brought to you by Rogue Brewery's Double Chocolate Stout. I'm uh, I've been uh, been drinking the uh, the the heartier beers as we uh, as we get into uh, uh, get into fall and winter here. And I think I had I think I had a chocolate stout uh, what three weeks ago or so. And uh, and this one is uh, is really good as well. It pours out like mud though. It is a thick thick beer. So I'm gonna have to get like a glass of water to back this one up. It's it is very delicious though. Cool. So there you go. I can have Bro. some fun with that if it's that thick. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> right, thick and stout, just like you're... That's how you like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's run into the comic talk head first because we got a lot of feedback on last episode, mostly because it was like a flurry, a blitzkrieg yeah. of, of comic talk. But boom So we yeah. got to do it again this week. All okay. right. I'm ready. Okay. Take it away. Let's do it. Oh. Oh, um... <laughs> I'm not ready. If you got it. I'll, 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 start, I'll start out with um, with a, a, a small one, literally. It is, um, it's Digested, Issue 1, written and drawn by Bobby N. Huh. Bobby I, N? Yes. Hmm. Like the letter N or E-H-N? Like N, or? Like, yeah, well, the, the initial N. Um, it is... Um, it's a it's a square format. I'd say I don't know seven by seven or so. Um, uh, square format book. It's it's black and white. Uh, what what I would in my earlier days have described as looking very indie. Um, it is. It's a pretty it's a pretty interesting book in that the I think the what I what I feel is the main theme of it is that. Bobby N lives in in an urban area. I would guess probably New York or a, a or a similar city. And a lot of these comics are taken from things that he overhears. You know, it's um, like in the there's uh, the middle story in here is called Train Ride, and it's broken up into like you know different little stories in here. And it's two it's it's two gals on a train that are talking about you know, one of the gals' relationships that has just ended, and it, it gets into this you know thing of why this guy broke up with her, and like the last the last you you see you see the observer is they're on a subway on a subway train and you see the observer in the background and then like the last panel whenever the the other shoe drops on the conversation it's really about his expression having listened to this conversation. Um, the next story is the one that I, which will stick with me, and it's about a first date. That's actually the name of it is first date, and it goes from dinner, and then the guy, you know, going back to this gal's uh, apartment, and he's trying to to kind of get her to relax and and kind of loosen up, and she seems like kind of a you know bookish, almost nebbish gal and then he then he goes um into the kitchen uh to get something and goes to throw something away in the trash can and i won't spoil it but he is greeted by something in the trash can that changes his perspective of her 
probably for good. And you just, uh, I'll leave Fetus. it at that. No, no, it's no, not, oh n- n- not yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it because okay. it's like, oh damn, um, <laughs> and, uh, and and his last reaction is, oh fuck, um, it's wow. yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a nice it's a nice little indie comic. It was one that was in previews. How many and, pages? Oh gosh, it's probably there's well, a lot like, of there's a lot of text stuff in here as well. I'd say I don't know twenty twenty pages or so, and oh. there's a there's a healthy introduction or a healthy. Um, um, uh, interview that is excerpted, excerpted from I forget what magazine. Ah, it's in here somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's from. How did Gestalt. I miss that? It's Gestalt Publishing. I, oh. I think I, actually, I think all of you guys would like this. I think Vince would really like it. Now I got the second issue, and it was. It was good, but it was this this first issue, especially especially the one first date story that I'm like, okay, that's that's really fucking funny. So I missed uh, two. Wait, you got two? How the hell did I miss two of them? I don't know. I go through the previews with a fine tooth. Uh, there must be a must be a tooth missing. There could be. Mm, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was. Uh, it came last last month's DCBS shipment, so it would have been what like three months ago's previews or whatever. I must look for that. So, but it's digest, digested, and it's by Bobby N, and it's from Gestalt Publishing. So if you can find it out there, um, go ahead and, and take a look at it. Um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Nice little I will do comic. that. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah, Gestalt. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Which Gestalt means what? Oh, you know what it means. Um, <laughs> okay. Everyone out there, Google it. <laughs> if I go, I'm going to go for a while. Oh damn! Yeah, because yeah. that never happens. I got a box in the mail today. No, not today. Two days ago, a long-awaited box. I must have waited a year for this. Both oh, of these. Oh shit! Yes, both of these books oh. to arrive. Gary Panther. Close, Jason. Oh. You don't know how close you are. Okay. It's a picture Perry, box. Perry box. Panther. Oh. oh. It's got. It has in, inside of it two. Silks, well, screen prints signed mm-hmm. by the artists, an original color drawing by one of the artists. Oh, this is the thing you talked about ordering like a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. I remember. The third and Damn, final volume. Damn, they on the back of some some oh, cats and Power Masters, right? But it was yeah. it's well worth it. The third and final volume of CF's Power Masters. Yes, yeah. it, it is a trilogy and love of my life. Brian Chippendale's If and Oof. 800 pages Jeez. of pure joy. Oh, wow. I got about 200 pages into it. It's a big book. It's a sprawling adventure tale. Um, but the neat thing about it is, if you've ever seen uh, Brian's previous works, like Maggots um, and Ninja... Uh, he has a tendency to explode on the page. Lots of panels. And he's got this really cool narrative technique where he, he calls it, you know, read like a snake or read like a drain pipe. You read his comics from left to right. And then instead of going to the far left and reading it, you do it like a snake. You read left to right, then you go down a panel, read right to left, then go down a panel and read left to right. As like a drain pipe or a snake, mm-hmm. and it it forces 
you to see the page differently. Obviously, because you're not reading. He does a little. If if you go to the picture box site, he's currently doing a serial called Puke Force, and in the in the in the upper right hand corner of his work, he'll say read like a snake or read like a drain pipe, and he'll just do a little diagram show you how to read it. But if you're familiar with his work, you already know that's how you read his stuff. But not if and oof. And the thing that differentiates this from his previous work is, like I said, there were many, many, many panels per page. If and oof is one. For the majority of it, it's one panel a page, which is strange for Chippendale. But you'll get maybe every so often you get this explosion, this double page spread where um, he has a, a very frenetic style. If you're, if you're familiar with his drumming, he's the drummer for Lightning Bolt. He has a very idiosyncratic, like hyperkinetic drumming style. He's got a really spare kit, maybe like a bass drum, a snare drum, a cymbal, and he beats the shit out of it. And he, he's like this dynamo of, of sound. You would never believe that one man could make this kind of racket. And he's, he's seemingly tireless. The guy goes for minute, like some of the lightning bolt songs are 10 minutes long and he does not stop. That's how his drawing style is. He brings the same approach to his music that he does to his comics. He, he has a style that each panel is just littered with millions of little lines and marks and it's, it's very unique to this artist. But if you've seen Gary Panner's work, it ain't all that unique. There's obviously, uh, in the influence of Gary Panner in this stuff, but, uh, so he has this minimalistic drum kit, and he's drumming at a furious pace, and he fills the air with this flurry of of sound. That's how his comics look. He he fills his pages with this relentless swarm of line and shape, and, and he he keeps this narrative beat for like maybe 10, 12, 15 pages, and then he just jacks it up with a double page spread that's even more detailed and more dense and concentrated line. There's one pan, pan, uh, double page where Oof is laying on his back and he's surrounded by flowers. I can't even count the number of flowers in this panel. It, it spans two pages and there are hundreds of flowers and Chippendale draws them all. Just, just shadow. It's nuts how much energy he puts into his work, but that's the guy. He's, he's just this fount of, of seemingly unlimited energy. And, uh, it, like I said, it's a, it's a narrative adventure tale, kind of. Um, there's two characters, If and Oof. If is a tall, kind of rodent-looking creature. He's got Mickey Mouse ears, round head, Mickey Mouse ears, fairly humanoid body. But Oof is this, he's a little tiny, round ball-looking creature with legs. And Chippendale just, you, it hits the ground running. And you're in this land, and you're just following, initially, you're following If around, and he doesn't, there's something wrong with his memory, he's remembering events that may or may not have happened, and there's a little neat little trick where he's supposed to take these uh, reality pills, and if he doesn't, he kind of gets these bouts of another reality warping in on his pre on his present reality so that's i'm thinking 
that's like what, Matrix red pill, blue pill type of thing? Kind of, yeah. I'm thinking that's what Chippendale's using because the setting changes. This thing's broken up into um, chapters, and each chapter so far, the setting will change. And then we're introduced to Oof, and then they go on another adventure. It, they're called atmospheric adaption pills that he that he he's supposed to take. And if he doesn't the the location changes i mean he's he's somewhere else not remembering what happened before it's crazy but that's chippendale for you it's it's a him just unleashed with these two characters just seemingly letting them go wherever they want to do and if he gets a little flash of inspiration he puts it in the comic and it changes the story and then he'll get another flash and something else happens and it's I don't want to use the old hackneyed stream of consciousness, but that kind of approximates the story, but it just feels like he had the germ of an idea and just let it go. Just unbridled creativity. Just let's see where these characters take the story. So it, it is very story-driven. Mm-hmm. With with these two, they've been compared to Laurel and Hardy. I that's I think that's weak. I don't see that. So buddy. It's, a, it's a buddy book. Thing? Yes, 800 pages. And so, so, all right, so it's 800 pages, and you said it's one panel per page. Yes. So it's effectively like 800 splash pages, basically? No, 800 single, some, mo, the majority of the panels are single page, but every so often he'll, he'll do a double page spread when, whenever there's a stinger or. So how long uh, did it take him to do this? That's why it's late. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm talking multiple years, I assume. Oh, it took him a while, but like I said, the guy is—he's—he's he's the perpetual motion machine. It doesn't stop. So he. But has, I mean, like, what I'm trying to get at is, are are the pages like are some of the pages just simple illustrations that take up just a little bit of the, the the space no. on the page, or are they all like very detailed, like the flower page? Like, are they you know, initially like, they're simple? You you see, it looks like a a, a mouse hole. And it's mm-hmm. uh, like a, in, in Tom and Jerry, and it just says if and oof. Then there's if in the shower stall. And every friggin' shower tile is drawn with a shadow and a mark and a splotch on it. But then you get a completely blank page. Then there's a, a an angle line suggesting a hallway. Then you get the, 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 the floor and the ceiling line suggesting. A, it's very decompressed storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a one of the characters walks down the hallway and he's way in the background. The next panel, he's far jammed into the foreground. Then he's looking through a a hole in a wall. He's examining uh, a garden, and then that's when you get the double page spread. Every flower, every piece of green in this garden is it's crazy the the detail, but it's it's like panther detail. He he uh, Chippendale has an art brute kind of. Uh, Heta Uma style, like bad but good. It's not meticulously rendered. It's just very immediate. He drops those lines on the page. He's not striving for per- perfection. I don't think he's striving for. I mean, this is him speaking on the page. I'm not the perfect yeah, speaker. It's totally so when I, rally. it is. Yeah, I mean, you I, love that kind. Of, that's certainly I do. the art style that I think most resonates with you. It does because it it's I think it's the truest form, the truest style. Like Alan Davis draws like 
a master. Watch yourself. Like like no, he draws like one of the great masters, and everything is perfect. the 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 bodies are chiseled, and it's the ideal human form for the men and the women. I mean, it's the it's the pinnacle of of uh, well, the physical... hair might have been perfect in 1980. Let's be fair, but well, right. Yeah. But even even by to make an example, he drew the best 1980s hair. I mean, yes. there was no question what he was doing. Chippendale just it just streams from the id. He just throws the stuff down but he as a as a craftsman as as a a uh, a draftsman he i think he's impeccable it's just some of the the uh expressions on the characters faces and just the breakneck pace with which he letters you can't get that if you work it too hard if you drew if you do like rough drawings and you de you detail you design the characters months and months of design work and then you go into it and and you plot out each page it's, a lot of the spontaneity is lost i think that's just that's my take on it whereas like you get these happy accidents that you can't plan for where he'll make a mark here and it just works it it resonates within the drawing and it just it fits and everything clicks Whereas if you like Mobius, God, I love Mobius, but a lot of Mobius's drawings, all they're very beautiful, and he has one of the best lines ever. A lot of them just feel way too planned to me. They feel like they've been mapped out for weeks and months, and they're they're perfect. They're too perfect. I, I like to see the blemishes and the warts and the scabs, and the happy accidents, and that, well, that's why it's funny because I, I would say I'm. I, I've come to appreciate that style more over the years, but I certainly think I prefer the other side of the spectrum more. Um, in general, in general, not saying I can't appreciate what you're talking about, but I, right. I still think I lean the other way. How about what about you, David and Chris? What do you? I mean, are you guys more? Do you do you have a preference one or the other? Oh, you know, it, it always comes down to story for me. If if the if the art conveys what the story is is. Is, is trying, you know, in my opinion to do. Um, I saw, uh, I saw something today at the, at the comic shop. I forget the name of it. Um, but it was, it was literally all stick figures. And I, I, I flipped through it and, and marked it down as something that I'm going to pick up next time. You know, it's whenever, whenever I'm there. Um, you know, it's, it, it, because the, the, the storytelling in it was, was good, even though it was just stick figures. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's whatever it is to tell the story. I, I, I'm kind of that way, too. I, I, I love polished, finished artwork mm -hmm. like Alan Davis. And, and then I love the, the frenzied, kinetic, all over the place, like, like Sienkiewicz. Or, I, it, it really does... It, it really does matter because I mean you could see you've had you've had very clean artists working on say Spider-Man or Hulk you've had like Dale Keown mm -hmm. and Gary Frank and then you've had like you know Jeff Purvis and 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 Bushima who can who can be a little scratchy when he needs to be and 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 on Spidey you've had you know Bacalo and you've had you know, Bacalo exactly Rivera and and Marcos Martin so I mean there's it it really I don't have I love seeing, like Vince, warts and all. If 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 somebody's really putting that much of themselves on the page, I love seeing that. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't really want to see it cleaned up or or polished. I, I'd rather have it as just 
their guts on on the page. Yeah, so, it, it all comes down to what they're trying to commun- communicate, and yeah. does 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 the art communicate the the the, the feeling or the story that that the that the creator is trying to and uh, yeah and I think I think that's one of the reasons why comics are awesome is because you can have stick figures or you can have Alex Ross and they're doing the same Which, thing right but one of those things like you're saying if the artist is trying to communicate with the story does the drawing match that's the one thing about Chippendale and Panther and others of their ilk, you can't separate the drawing style from the story. The drawing style is the story. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. but the creator can't is the creator communicating their story in the best way possible, and that's what it comes down to. I mean, this is this is a, a medium of of words and pictures, and you're you're communicating story and the really good cartoonist out there communicate story and they can do it they can do it in very subtle ways and right, and right. you know Chippendale is is a is a guy that you know is he communicating story you know it's you seem to think so and yeah. so so I will I will I will try. hey man there there I've seen a lot of bad comic books out there there are a lot of bad mainstream comic books out there with artists that are flashy and really you know really tight artists but they can't tell a story to save their lives. But you you have you have people that you know I'll I'll, I'll just you know Jeffrey Brown is a guy that if you look at his art style it can to some people's eyes look kind of childish or very unrefined. He can still tell a hell of a story. Yeah. And, Th- and those people should be killed. Well, I, I mean, but you, you, hey, you know, you, there are know, a lot of people just out there. That that have that have never read anything beyond you know an X Men or or a Justice League comic, and that's just what they expect out of out of a comic book. And there's a whole big old wide world out there of of creators that you know I just talked about digested, and that's not going to appeal to a lot of people, mostly because of the art style. Um, but you know, hey, it's. Uh, I think people's perceptions are changing. Do you do you guys think that people's perceptions are changing towards yes. art and and the medium in general? Yes. I think you have. You will always have that group that wants it to be mm-hmm. as mainstream as possible. They want to be shown everything. They don't want to have to. They uh, see. I don't want to piss off you know, by, by saying they're not. No, I don't want to. I don't want to piss them off by saying they're not trying. But they 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 want their entertainment to be as effortless as possible. Well, this, this, and, and pretty. This, after this Sunday, we're going to have a lot of people that are going to stumble into bookstores and going to be buying a black and white comic. And yep. I think that is something. And we had the same thing with with Scott Pilgrim. Uh, you know, I'm talking about Walking Dead. Yeah. And, and I think that that's something that. That a lot of comic book fans that, that read comics now, I mean, we know what happens, you know, sales wise to a comic that's in black and white versus color. It's going to be real interesting, you know, to see a group, a large group of people that don't have those those preconceived um, opinions about what a black and white comic is, you know, and and yeah. see you know and see that see that in a different in a different way, you know. It's, all all hey, I know is I'm unloading my. Uh, issue number one of that after uh, 
Sunday, <laughs> Sunday <laughs> night. I, way, I, I, I'm putting uh, Walking Dead number one up. Really? What's that going nice. for these days? Well, the the uh, Dave said uh, Gem Mint, which is what mine is. He could probably he's seen it go for like 150. Oh yeah! Wow! Wow! Yeah. Yeah, well, you see, there's a a, a 10.0 on sale right now. For, oh my well, God. The asking price is 13 grand. I doubt they're going to get that, but Damn. that's insane. Well, no one's going to pay that. No, I mean, it's it's oh. an eBay buy it now for 13 grand, so nobody's going to pay that, obviously. Yeah, but wow! Off. But I mean, it's so, 10.0. I mean, it's hard to find those, but uh, it's true. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, oh, yeah. Uh, which speaking of Walking Dead, um, yeah, I've got probably like issue like six on, but. Um, they announced uh, Kirkman and Image announced that starting in January they're going to have uh, Walking Dead Weekly, which, yeah, which will is start why I'm with, selling with mine. yep issue number one through well I would assume issue fifty two next year will come out weekly, which is really cool. Mm. He he is uh, very good at getting his product out in any form that he yes, can imagine. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and 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 by the way, very nice article over at iFanboy on that today, Jason. Oh well, thank you, sir. So, Vincent, yes, so I'm, I actually went to the picture box site here as we were talking to see some pictures of if and oof. And it's, uh, yeah, it's funny the way you described it. It's, it's, it's actually, it, even in the, the, the illustrations they're showing on the site, um, you can see what you're saying in, in the, the pages, um, clearly different levels of finish to them. I don't know. I mean, if, I'm, if I don't know if that's the right choice of words, but but I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, he'll, first he'll, page, which is him. Uh, I guess it's if is the one with the big ears, or is that oof? Yeah, it's if. if. Oh, no, it's both of them. Okay, so they're both sitting in what looks to be some kind of uh, like apartment or, or house, and it seems very finished with a lot of detail, um, mm-hmm. a lot of very, very tight line work. And then the next page is them in some kind of like windstorm or something. Oh, and yeah. Let me tell you about that. That that part is that part's really cool. The, as you can see, did, do they show the double page with them in the windstorm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they, they are, show the, pa- the pa- they show the flowers in the next one. That's what I was going to say. The windstorm's very scratchy, very loose, very. Okay. I mean, it's kinetic, but it's very unfinished. Uh, I mean, not polished. And then the next page is that flower page double double page spread you were referring to, which is extremely tight and detailed. Yeah. So that's interesting. But, yeah. And it's just like whatever he feels like drawing at that moment. That is fantastic. That that I I love that. Just that whatever the the muse moves him to create, he creates. And to get back to the windstorm, that part is really neat. They they get sucked up in this huge cloud, and they're rescued by this mutant hybrid cat-human creature, and he saves them from someone he calls the Benjamin. And uh, if goes the Benjamin, he said, no, the Benjamin. They're, they're terrible. And Chippendale, the next page, it, it, there's one dialogue balloon, and it's up in the clouds, and it says, they come out of the north. And there's these shaggy misshapen hunchbacked dripping disgusting looking creatures trudging over this hill and every little undulation and rock and shadow is drawn in the ground and every curl in the cloud and 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 just puffiness and and texture it's crazy and then the next page is even better there's like they travel in packs and you get to see there's they're faceless they have hair that covers their entire face they grab one of the they surround one of their own grab them one guy rips off his head and shits down his neck 
and then they 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 all genuflect and they all supplicate themselves around the dead guy and he's all in pieces and they said uh the cat creature says after this they'll eat and they rip the guy apart and start eating them it's awesome you need to see this and it's drawn the 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 panel with them the close-up they travel in packs i i want to buy this original i love this double page so much i want to buy it (laughs) get on it dude Oh, now, it's yeah. It's a small it's, form factor, right? It's it says here yes, five and a half by seven, so right, right. But it's twenty nine ninety five. But you get a lot of visual information. This is an ultra concentrated, just dense book, and it moves all over the place. I mean, the location changes every. I I haven't read it all yet, so I don't want to say every chapter, but it changes a lot. There's a big retarded Charlie Brown type creature with the sawtooth sweater and a bald head. It's it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. So, yes, If and Oof by Brian Chippendale. Please, if anyone ever... Now, you know what? This is not... I'll be honest. It's not going to click with a whole hell of a lot of our listeners. And did you... And this, but if you are an adventuresome type like Mr. Matt Howell, our buddy on the forum, who, like myself, has his name in this book... My oh, name's in here. Right. Yes, wow. because I was uh, I did the old patron thing. You should call me Vince Medici. I I ponied up the money far in advance for the the two prints, the original color drawing, and the two right. books. And if you did that, and there were there were tears, you could just buy the books, and I still think you got your name in there. But uh, they didn't segregate the donation levels, which wasn't really a donation, but. Right. They didn't list who gave what, which is cool. Our local church does that. They they list in this yearly thing how much you gave. I hate that shit. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but I'm in here. Matt Howell's in here. And I think, you know, there's maybe a couple of other forum members in here. But yes. Mario? I don't know. I didn't see Mario. I didn't really look um, that closely. I saw my name. I got all geeked out. And He's I was like, <laughs> fans. yeah, yeah. But... That's awesome. I vividly remember you talking about how giddy you were about this, and that was a long time ago. And I stayed I mean, that was because like, it's worth waiting for. Feels, yeah. And I also got another comic. I'll talk about it next week because I don't want to bogart the entire time. But it's from a woman named, uh, what I, I want to say it right. It's Michaela. And she is from Providence, Rhode Island. And that place, I don't know what it is about Providence, Rhode Island. It's this nexus of unbridled, furious, fantastic creativity because the Fort Thunder Isn't dudes that where came. From? Yes, the Fort Thunder yeah. dudes come from Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, the, the Brian Chippendale, uh, Brian Ralph, Matt Brinkman was from uh, Providence. Leaf Goldberg, just these awesome, fantastically talented individuals all congregated in Providence, Rhode Island. What is it about Providence? They must be putting something in, in the water. Her name is Michaela Zakili, and the name of the comic is called Rav. It's just fantastic. I'll talk about it next She should week. make a comic called Heel. Zakili's Heel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, if and oof, go get it. It is Unbelievable! Like nothing you've seen. Yes, it's fantastic. Look at you. Sounds like it. I do love my picture. Jason, David, Christopher. You guys are reading comics, right? I every now and then I've been known to. Yeah, lay it on us. Um. All right. Well, so 
uh, I did, in fact, uh, read what I guess some would consider, at least tangentially, there's some aspects of horror to it, although certainly not, not I wouldn't classify it really as a horror book, but, but in the spirit of the, uh, of the week, uh, in my last DCBS box, I got a wonderful uh, little tome uh, that is the Ghost Rider Jason Aaron Omnibus. Ooh, uh, nice. It collects the issues of Ghost Rider uh, 20 through 35, as well as the six-issue uh, mini Ghost Rider's Heaven on Fire, one through six. So I guess what we're talking, 24 issues of Ghost Rider, all written by Jason Aaron uh, with multiple art teams, uh, ranging from I think Roland uh, Roland Bashi um, with Dan Brown on colors, a Tang Un what? What? With Jose Villarubia, um, Tony Moore, of course, with Dave McKay awesome. on colors. Uh, and then I think, yeah, Ro- uh, Roland Bashi and Dan Brown uh, circle back and finish off the run. So this is the sum total of Jason Aaron's run on Ghost Rider, which... Uh, J- sure... Jason Aaron had to pull that character out of a big old barrel of crap. Yeah, right, exactly. So so it's yeah. that that was, I think... Yeah, Jason Aaron was definitely getting some big pub then. That was sort of when it was coming up with Marvel and really getting to be established there as one of the new it guys. Um, I must admit that even though I buy and read the vast majority of Marvel stuff year after year, I was not reading this, which is why I ordered the Omnibus and love that they put it out this way. Um, For some reason, Ghost Rider has generally not been a character that I've felt compelled to always read um it's it's been more of a character that when i hear you know someone's doing something interesting i'll pop back in read it and then kind of lose my way and 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 let it go again so um such a 70s character yeah absolutely so uh but the first of all i should say it's a really quick read which is a testament to aaron's storytelling it's i read all 24 issues and probably I don't know, a day, day and a half of commuting. So, you know, just a couple hours, really. Um, Can I interject before I get all fuzzy? Sure. Christopher, I agree with you that Ghost Rider is a 70s character, but if you were reading comics in the 90s, which I knew you weren't, you wouldn't say that. Because Ghost Ghost Rider was the shit in the 90s. (laughs) Oh, oh, I know. He was huge. I mean, he was. He is a a stunt bike-riding flaming head demon i mean that just it it eats <laughs> 70s i mean that right. is you know you you took evil knievel and turned him into a a, a demon of vengeance that well, is the 1970s never underestimate the effect of the exorcist on comic books exactly. that's true Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. no i i love ghost rider that's so well, the, i can't say i love ghost rider because i don't always read ghost rider but yeah he's a cool character I mm-hmm. love the Mike Plug Ghost Rider, the oh, best. But yeah, but go ahead, Jason. I'm so sorry. So this is a two-year run, and it, um, it the overarching story is effectively that. Um, and spoil, I guess, spoiler warning if you don't if you don't know this or care to know this. But uh, I'm not going to give you any specific details. But um, the 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 overarching idea here is that. Um, uh, the, the the Ghost Riders, so both Johnny and Danny are in are in this run. Um, come to realization that they are not, in fact, um, spirits of vengeance that are given their power by the devil, but are in fact given their power by God. And uh, most specifically, a uh, archangel named Zadkiel, uh, Z-A-D-K-I-E-L, who is 
uh, tasked and has been throughout history of overseeing the Ghost Riders who act as sort of God's vengeance, uh, almost in, uh, unnamed enforcers, if you will. They're God's black ops on Earth. Um, but in present time, Zodkiel has gotten a bit of power, hunger, wanderlust, if you will, and he um, is currently battling uh, at the gates of heaven to overtake God and become the new head of, of, of heaven and earth. So, um, and then there are really, I think four or five arcs within that overarching thing with the final being that, that last six issue miniseries being the, the culmination of Aaron's run where they finally have their, their great big battle, um, along with some other pretty decent, uh, guest stars with Zadkiel and, uh, they battle in heaven. What I found most interesting about this is that, uh, it's, you know, for considering what a time we live in where every little thing is on the internet and gets micro analyzed and you have the, you know, the tea party images getting, you know, brew breaker and hot water and, and really anything even remotely non PC getting dissected on the internet within seconds. I'm really surprised, especially with all the praise that this book got, that you didn't see more pushback. At least I didn't. Maybe it was there and I didn't notice from. Uh, from religious people, particularly Christians, because this is a very, um, at least for my take, a very um, uh, non-traditional take, shall we say, on the roles of God and Satan and uh, and the roles in humanity. I mean, effectively, this book makes the claim that God and the angels are responsible for a lot of you know, murder and suffering via the Ghost Riders uh, on Earth, and that Satan, in fact, is much more of a pawn, and at one point is an ally to Danny in this book. And again, it's in the context of Marvel, nothing really new. We've had, obviously, Damon Hellstrom, and the idea of, of demons and that sort of thing has always been at the periphery, so that's nothing new. But I think Aaron definitely delves into, when you start bringing God and his role into it and start making the case that it's a, very pre- it's a very preacher vibe to this. Well, yes, that's absolutely. A, that's what I was going to say. I think it has a lot to do with the book's profile. It wasn't a huge seller. True. Uh, you know, if, it, if, they, if that was a storyline in Captain America, yeah, it's going right. To it was. It yeah. was Batman. Yeah, people right. would like mm-hmm. like that goofy inverted cross thing that they they erased. <laughs> uh, but yeah, right. if if preacher didn't set the world ablaze. I don't, you know what I mean, and that that was kind of a higher profile than Ghost Rider. Well, I, maybe it's yeah. a context issue. I mean, you, maybe you kind of expect something like that in Ghost Rider, but you wouldn't expect something like Captain America to focus, like like for characters, I guess, to take a stand in that book right. and, and paint yeah. a, a party in a certain light. Whereas Ghost Rider is like, dude's heads on fire. You know, I mean, it, it, right, bad right. shit happens. It's true. It's true. I mean, I, and you're you must be right because there wasn't at least I don't recall there being much pushback or complaints from the from the religious folk about it. But uh, but it was interesting again because of again not getting turning into a religious conversation. But certainly I'm on the record of having very specific views about faith and that sort of thing. So so I certainly read it probably with a different bent than someone who is relatively. I'd be curious to hear from our listeners who are reasonably religious or, or Christian in particular, what if they've read it and what they thought of it and if it if it bothered them or if they could separate the work from from their their views and, and the like. Um the the other thing about the book though is I mentioned the art teams. Um they're very different. Uh if if people aren't familiar with those primary pencilers, they're very, very different styles. Um I think all of them work in the context of the story. Um they all do a nice job. Um it's interesting because I I love Tony Moore's art, uh, 
clearly, I think we're all, all on record as being huge fans of Tony. Mm-hmm. And I had actually read one of the issues that Tony did of this when it first came out, that first issue, um, just because I did want to check the demon truck driver? Stuff. Yeah, with the demon truck driver. Oh, hell yeah. Stuff. Um, so I had seen it, and I think it looks great in and of itself, but in the context of these 24 issues, his art and that story arc really stick out like a sore thumb. Because in a way, Jason takes almost an intermission. Tony's arc is almost an intermission. Um, Johnny and the new caretaker and Danny are separated and licking their wounds effectively from what happens before that. And his issues are almost one and dones where it's a little bit more of a traditional horror book where you're introduced to some vile, disgusting creature or beast or person who does something awful and then either Danny or Johnny has to intervene, uh, even if they weren't intending to, and that kind of brings them back around to the to the final story arc where they get back together to to fight the good fight as it were. Um and uh it was just it was just interesting because um I definitely prefer his art to the others in the book, all things being equal. But in the context of this omnibus, I thought it stuck out a bit from the other 18 or maybe it was 20 issues being far more serious and cohesive. You know, it was it, so I think you have to look at those issues as more of an intermission. Um, people that are fans of that that part of the Marvel Universe, you've got, you know, Master Pandemonium in there. You've got uh, Damon Hellstrom. Uh, you've got uh, Blackout, the vampire that can you know turn things black, uh, that can turn things all dark. You've got like I said, a new caretaker who's pretty cool. You've got a bunch of nuns who wield swords and guns, which is never a bad thing. That was uh, awesome. <laughs> you've got lots of different spirits of vengeance, both past and present. Um, I'm trying to think who and else future, is there. But... And future. And future. That is true. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes, uh, the, the, the 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 ghost riders from from the future were were pretty. That was one of my favorite. Uh, mm. Favorite scenes. You've got what's that guy's name? Is it the eye? The guy with the giant eyeball for a head? The orb. Um, the orb. Yes, the orb's in it. Thank you, David. You see, David got all excited there. You Love got the you. orb. Uh, got some other other seventies B listers, but no, it was a lot of fun. And like I said, it, it's, uh, Ghost Rider's not a character I feel compelled to keep up with, but I can definitely see why Aaron's run got such praise. And I look at it like reading this Omnibu more than sated me for. Ghost Rider for a while until however many years from now I I get the urge to <laughs> and, until ten or fifteen years whenever they come back and well or yeah a, you know or the next time someone's doing something interesting with them and 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 it's 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 you know a must read again but uh, but uh, well, it was ma- good good fun stuff maybe Ghost Rider would have a more sizable following if they wouldn't stop changing the damn character every couple of years oh you can say yeah, that right. about a lot of I characters. mean how many right but how many iterations of Ghost Rider has there been not as yeah, many as Hawkman. Well, I mean, that was one yeah, of the things that I, that, I th- that I think that Jason Aaron was doing was coming in and saying, "Oh, you know, geez, we got to clean up a lot of this, right?" And that's scrub this kind of what you, yeah, it's you gotta you gotta get in there and you know, kind of wash the decks every once in a while. I, well, I remember speak- if I'm right, David, you said you preferred Danny, right? Is that right? Ah, <laughs> uh, nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Try it, everybody. No, it's. it's- <laughs> It's always, John. John. it's always been John. It's always been Johnny. Always been Johnny. I mean, the guy sold his soul to the devil. Uh, you, the guy, you can't I get mean, any cooler than that. He's like, listen, listen, I, I want my dad to live. Okay, yeah, well, cancer's still going to take him. It's like, dude, what a, what a punch to the You guy. prick. The devil's a prick. The balls. Son of a bitch. Yeah. 
But see, and we were well, you talking about religion and comics. I got plus a real. It was, it was Johnny Blaze in the movie, so you know you were saying. Yeah, that. with that great movie, I got a real fine line about what I'll tolerate religious uh, subjects in comics, right. and it's really weird. It, it it could be the slightest thing, like Preacher and and Ghost Rider did not. I didn't give it a second thought. I, I just sunk right in and, and, and accepted the status quo as stated in the book perfectly. But books like Magdalena, I can't read. I just can't read it. Be, it well, now, because, is that, is that I, because I, of the, the treatment of it, though? Like in Preacher, it was pretty overtly sacrilegious, right? I mean, maybe, it's, it's, yeah. Well, in Magdalena, it's assumed that the Judeo-Christian representation of heaven and hell is the way it is. Right, and, right, and her, well, her boss is the big dude. The, Aaron does that a little bit. There's a, a scene where you're introduced to a bunch of other spirits of vengeance from different cultures, you know. And there's right. a there's a, a Hindu one, and there's a there's a see that's um, cool because it it's uh, uh, polytheistic. It it, it takes right, everything and, and into the, account. Yeah, and the caretaker, well, who as I said was a nun. She's sitting there like, well, I, I I don't know what to make of this. I you know I'm presented with all of you spirits of vengeance, and I thought you were all gods. God's weapons, and then one of them's like, "Well, we are," but it's just that God is how you, who you perceive to be God is is based on your perception of how you are raised in your worldview. It's not there isn't one way to view God. It's the same. It's the same all powerful entity. It's just that yeah. we all see him in different ways. And so, you know, that was again, Aaron. Clearly, I'm assuming Aaron has some measure of those views, or or at least he's open minded to yeah, it. Or he right, way, so. you know, we would assume that's him. You know, interjecting his views into mm -hmm. into that story. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's fine. So oh, yeah, good stuff. It and it was, uh, let's see, it was, uh, how much what? was it? Uh, <laughs> I, said, cause, cause that, I said, because that's the way it is. Refresh my memory, guys. Was, you know, was Danny always drawn with blue Hellfire? <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's this, that's the that's Aaron this, store. The yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Chris, you back, are mellowing, man. What? I'm what? I'm trying to set you off, and I, I can't do it. I know you are. You always try and push my buttons. I'm sitting here being a good boy. God there damn it. Go. I'll, get, I'll zing you later. Don't worry. Because back in the 90s, Danny had that, uh, that, that glow-in-the-dark cover, Hellfire. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He you still does thing... have that 90s-style motorcycle. Though, it does. Yeah, yeah I don't that, like that, that at all. I hate yeah, that no, motorcycle. No. Me like, too. Put that. Put that man on a Harley Davidson, yeah, like seriously. Ghost Rider should be. Right, not a rice story. burner. You're That's right. That's right. You're yeah. right. Now, do you guys, I know Tang Quat is very divisive what? artist to some people. Um, I must say, in the context of this book, it worked perfectly fine for me. But yeah. I can understand why he's divisive, because his characters are very, they all have very sunken eyes. In fact, many of the characters that are supposed to be living, breathing human beings look like zombies, you know? Like, they're yeah. cheeks. Nobody and, gets any sleep. Nobody gets any right, sleep. emaciated faces and that sort of thing. Yeah. But it works in the context of this because it's a dark book with with a lot of people that are vagabonds and the like. So it doesn't. It didn't bother me at all in this, but I could yeah. definitely see, say, if he were on an Avengers book, you'd be like, what? Yeah. You know, I know. Oh, I, I think that, oh Vince, you're all, you're all oh, scraggly. Vinny Goomba. Vinny Goomba. <laughs> yeah, on a book like Ghost Rider, that works. It's uh, you know, it's it's one of my things with Gary Frank. You know, every 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 character that Gary Frank draws looks like they 
really need to gain a, a good 10, 15 pounds, you know, it's like <laughs> eat a cheeseburger. They'll look like stretched around their skeletons. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, where it works sometimes, yeah, it works better in Midnight Nation for me than it did, you know, in, in Superman. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, especially, especially the way he draws, like, say, Cat Grant. But, um, it's, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, uh. And I really like Gary Frank. I, I, I really like his, his work, but it, it works better. His, 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 his Incredible Hulk stuff is, I mean, there are times where I prefer it over, over Dale Keown. It, it's just, it's, it's one of those things, but it also helped, and I'll, I'll, a great I'll, Hulk. I'll, yeah. well, and I'll just, it, a lot of, I don't know if a lot of it, but it has to also do with, with, uh, with Cam Smith on inks, whereas on, on Superman and, and stuff lately, he, he's, and on Supreme Power, you had John Seibel on inks and, and things like, especially in Supreme Power, it's like, yeah, I, I wish Power Princess would, you know, eat a meal and not, not, not need to rely on actual people to, <laughs> right. uh, to, to gain some weight, but, um. I missed that book. Yeah, yeah. What a mess that almost, is. Almost, still almost, as much as I missed the 12. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that, is that, I yeah. mean, what's, what's the word on that? Well, according to Chris Weston, it's, he's, he, he's, he's received scripts. He has been working he on it. He has scripts, huh? Yes. That's, so. I have a very lonely hardcover up here that is waiting. Uh, yeah. way no in hell. I was, I'm sorry. If, if you, if, if your 12 issue storyline is coming to me in chunks of like four, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I, I I don't like that at all. So I wasn't thrilled the when they were doing yeah. that with Justice. I have the twelve issues of Justice that I still have to yep. read. But then they were coming out with, you know, the, the the three or four volumes, and then oh look, now it's an absolute. They did that with All Star Superman as well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 all right. What they do with All with All Star Superman? They put out multiple hardcovers of it rather than. I mean, they're they're coming out with an absolute of it, but oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, hundred dollars. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up triple dipping on that bastard. I've got it in single issues. I've got the hardcovers, and I'm gonna get the the absolute. I got but, the single yeah, issues. That's fine with me. Yeah, but I also think it's it's probably the the best comic that's been produced in the last decade. So I didn't know you voted for the Eisners. Best Superman comic. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh it's my favorite comic of the last decade. Wow! The last decade, damn. That's a long time. Yeah. That's ten that whole is years. That is that is that is ten. That is ten whole years, Vince. That's that is crazy, man. Yeah, it's no, it's it's my favorite. It's my favorite book of the decade. I think David has his finger on the static button because when right before I went into the netherworld, I was going to give David a zinger, and and I didn't. Oh, yeah. get, I didn't get to do it. What were you going to say? What I just said, say? well, what is a lot like Philip Tan. It's a problem with the, with the eyes of the viewer, not the actual art, because anybody... No, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> now, wait. When you came back, when I said that about Tan, and your reply was what? No, I just like getting you. you I know. You, you, but... you obviously have a problem with a lot of Tan's work, and that's cool. I mean, it, it doesn't have to look... Not it, everything it, needs to be skin tight. If someone's wearing right. a trench coat, you don't need to see <laughs> fucking abs and muscles and veins in the dude's arms. And I said, I, my reply was that Philip Tan's spawn is friggin fantastic and you said that that's because it fits that work right yeah and i just like to give you a zinger just trying to get y'all going i'm trying to stir the pot and it's not going anywhere we're like gumbo already i got it i got a handle there's no spoon on the end already i love it (laughs) (laughs) there you go um oh boy no it there's uh 
I've I I do like what I I I like them on Punisher. I, I uh, you know it's funny. It's like I I see you know you guys will mention how you'll see Jack Davis in Tom Fowler's work. I mostly kind of see you know more trucker Angela Torres, but. I see Jack Davis uh, in in Watts work, especially the hands, the way the look. figures are standing, things like that. So it's, wow. it, it, is, it is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not comparing it to, but I just the way he draws the characters, I kind of see that 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 Jack Davis style a little bit, that anatomy. Speaking of Tom Fowler, I can't sold. wait till I get my Deadpool issue next month. Sold out at Challengers today. I got a yeah. Really? yeah, it, it, it was so moving. When you buy, it's what happens when you order like three issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dead, dead, oh. Deadpool team up 888, right? Oh, yeah, yes. boy. Not wait. That that might be one of the first uh, that might be the first book I read when I get the box next week. You know, it's I, worth it. It was weird because I I I thumbed through Fowler's work on Deadpool and it was fantastic and he draws a killer Ben Grimm. It is nice. amazing. Oh, sure. Sure. Amazingly well done. And then as I was looking around the shop, I was paging through my issue of Fantastic Four that I bought today. I'm thinking, oh, why is. the hell can't Tom Fowler be on Fantastic Four? That and, would be and, and not Epting. That would be fantastic. I, I, be- I really love Epting's work, but he just it just feels uninspired on Fantastic Four. It's like he's not just it. it's like he, he's in the holding position to get to another book. He's just biding his mm. time on there. It's yeah. it's lack it, it's not lackluster. It's boring. 22 pages of boredom. And I just, I, I don't like to shit on people's work, but Epting is such a fantastic talent. Get him on a book where he fits. Put him back on Captain America. Maybe he doesn't know when that Hickman in text he page. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it does not feel right. It just, it, it, it there's something off. And I don't know what it's it is. You say that, right? Because I totally know what you what you mean, right? There are certain artists that, even though they're fantastic, and you're not besmirching their no, they're Ep- great. Ep- Ep- Epstein is Epstein is a street level artist. <laughs> he does so well with street level stories. Fantastic Four. You know, it's the way the way that Fantastic Four is described to me was a Johnny Storm line. It's, you know, we used to have, you know, donuts in, you know, in space. You know, it's, that's, <laughs> you don't, you don't put a, you don't put a great Daredevil artist on the Fantastic Four. Right. You, you shake wait. things up and put Tom Scioli on Fantastic Four. That would Ooh, be yes. awesome. Yeah. That might actually absolutely. make it a flagship book. Now, the, the, uh, douche. The, <laughs> <laughs> see, zing. Yeah. Now, I, I know, you get I know static. it's been, I know it's been a couple of years. I know it's you know it's probably been longer than ten, which is a decade. It, yep. Since Epting did draw the Avengers for a while, long time, long yeah. time. Ago. When so, Namor and Hercules and Doctor Druid were members, and uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, that uh, was after the Bishima or Photon. Years, yep. Was she Photon then? She was uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, great stuff. Um, now. That of course is uh, not really street level. So, is it is it at all possible that he's only going by what he's being given? It could be because oh. it's very talky. There's a lot of civilian attire scenes where they're just talking. You know, <laughs> David's gonna love this. I know. I gotta say, no, I gotta say, I, <laughs> and this may shock people considering it's coming from me. Of all of, I, I uh. I just read issues three and four of Shield. 
I'm not like I'm not getting the Gaga over it. Like I'm not that we had over the first issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not I, like it, yeah. People are raving about this book, which didn't surprise me because I'm generally a Hickman fan. But I just, for whatever reason, three and four, I just was like, okay, you know, I, I got, I, I got, I got a feeling that whenever it's, whenever it's done, hopefully, um, if he's able to tell the story that he's telling, that mm-hmm. whenever you sit down and read it in a big chunk, it's mm-hmm. gonna be oh, and right now it's kind of it's it's, it's a progressive it's book. It's probably the book on the shelves right now that does most mystify me in that as I'm reading it, I'm thinking people are buying this book like in big volumes. That surprises me. Like I would think that that would not be a book based on buying patterns and history analysis. That, that, that Is it doing okay sales-wise? It's doing okay, yeah. It's selling but, out, yeah. Isn't, I mean, that, yeah like second printings. isn't that a wonderful thing that the book mystifies you? I don't want to understand everything. No, you misunderstand I, me. The 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 the, the success of it sales wise mystifies me. Not oh, not the not content. The no. no. Okay. I just think it's a it's one of those progressive titles that is going to take time to develop. I mean, yeah, and I'm on board because number one, Weaver's art's killer. Yeah. Two, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. generally loved Hickman's work, uh, indie and Marvel. So I, I'm not. I have no reason. He'll to pay not. it off. He'll pay it off. Yeah, uh, I've only read the but, first two issues, yeah, just, uh, so I can't. Well, I'd be curious. Yeah, what you think of three and four? I have them. I just. Mm-hmm. I have three. No, no I time. I think I. I haven't four started. Just came last week, so. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. get four next month. But um, yeah, I gave yeah. up on FF. I'll, I'll go back and read it at some point. I just. And I, I think I'm the only one reading I, Secret Warrior still, right? Yeah. I think yeah. So. Yeah. That quite a bit. That's sad about Fantastic Four. What the hell is the deal? They get a top tier writer like Hickman and a top tier artist like Epting and Alan Davis on covers, and the book is not flying off the goddamn shelves. Well, it's just wrong. It should not be. Time out, though. Time out. We gushed about that first issue or two of Hickman's run because they were awesome. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But then artists change. Uh, artist change. <laughs> the Neil Edwards yeah. era, I think, heard. I think that certainly the Hickman's choice of storytelling mechanisms has not pleased everyone, including some of our co-hosts, in terms true, of true. Um, the text pages and the, oh, by the way, this stuff happened, but we're not going to show it to you. Um, <laughs> so, That's real cool. I no, I'm that. saying and this was a book, for whatever reason, you know, yeah, show, show, you know, show don't tell. The top seller, That's, so... Yeah. <laughs> If, uh, if, so, so, if if he was writing a Fantastic Four prose novel, that shit would be hot. I I really really enjoy Hickman's work. I don't know if the monthly serialized comic book is his best platform. It's certainly big enough. His story. They, they should. They should. You know what? They should bring back the Marvel graphic novel for his stories. This way, I mean, he can tell it the way he wants to. I mean, maybe he is obviously writing his, his stories for, for a monthly audience or in monthly chunks, but if if it's, like Chris said, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to pay off big when you read, you know, six, seven, eight issues in one chunk, then, you know, then just we've we've had epic return and and go away we've had i mean we've had resurgences in in, in their other publishing formats why not it's why just, not bring it's back just, the, they should with all the writers well, they, they should bring back the marvel graphic novel for every friggin title marvel publishes well, yeah you know and i think we may have talked about this a couple of weeks ago but you know it's whenever you have a slow 
burn in, in a slow developing story that doesn't mean that it's that it's not deep that it doesn't mean that it doesn't have value but whenever you have a slow burn on a title it it's hard to swallow that at four dollars a piece exactly it, it, so you know i mean these are i mean these are you know serialized fiction and mm-hmm. they're Better right, so be, real talk. There better be some fucking payoff every month. Well, then, his, which is not easy for a writer to do. There are oh, certain bullshit. Bullshit. No, it's, it's really easy to do. No, I mean, what I'm saying is there are passages in a story that do not require a payoff. Right. Okay. Yeah, but these are monthly serialized books. They are required to have a payoff every month. No, they're not. Yes, they does, are. Does Walking Dead have a payoff yeah. every month? Yes, yes it does. Absolutely. No, it doesn't. This this yes, late every issue, late, every issue every of Walking you're, Dead you're crazy. Has payoff. You're in, you're insane. You're blinded. You're blinded by every every issue does. It, every issue. This uh, the section with them now in this compound. Every it was issue, the every most issue. boring every, trade every, in the run. Every issue oh, tells every segment of the story and leaves you with a. Oh shit! Moment. Oh, every, no, I don't every, think so. Every issue. Nah. Yeah. We're happy. We're in a compound. Okay, I can take that for twenty-two pages, but like three quarters of a trade. I I just Whoa. thought that was the, that was the weakest arc in the room. I'm not saying it's bad, but I right. mean we're getting into a different story. Yeah, but okay. as no, far as we're talking about twelve of like seventy-eight issues now, you know. Right. It's, well, off the cuff question. Off the cuff question. What do you I was honestly think? I know, and I wasn't done yet, but that's a, that's all right. <laughs> what do you I honestly move think? On. I what like do you where we honestly are. think would take to make FF a top ten book again? Because, and cla- let's uh, remember that we were just removed from Miller love him or hate him. Miller Hitch is as superstar a team as Marvel can put out there, pretty much. Other than putting, like, I guess, Bendis in the book or <laughs> yeah. bringing Alan to write it, right? I mean, so uh, I'm saying, do you think it's possible to bring the book back to top 10 status? And if you do, oh, how do they do it? Sense of uh, wonder. It is possible. Sense now. of wonder. Sure. That's what they need. And Hickman has that sense of wonder, but it doesn't seem like he has it in accord with what the title needs. He, he, all the pieces are there. The 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 multiverse, the the different reads, the the Galactus, uh, the New Earth, and everything. That is cool beans. It's all neat stuff. It just seems like it's all disjointed and spread out, and yeah. it's maybe an FF driven event. Oh God, no, no. That, I, that, I, that, I, well, that that would that would that would help. Saying, what do you think it would take to actually make it a top ten book? There's a different they, question. They, there. they they would have to. They would. Uh, they would have to do what they do with the Avengers, and that is make the FF the center of the Marvel U. And right now, They're they've not. got another, they've got another team book that is the center of the Marvel U, and it's not the FF, and it's not X Men. It's it's but, Avengers. But the Avengers can have different. Yeah, you, know, you, you can have different right, members team members show up. Whereas Fantastic Four is family first, and we know what happens when you put Luke Cage or T'Challa in Storm or yeah. She-Hulk. Hey, I mean, you know, hey, they got yeah. with She-Hulk. 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 The they She-Hulk. John She-Hulk Byrne. is some of my okay. favorite. My favorite okay. era. You have John Byrne drawing a tall, stacked green woman. Of course, that's yeah, going to sure. Suck. It worked. It worked because Ben was out in space playing Space Ranger. But then I mean, again, it was it was she thing. Yeah. But yeah, it was She-Hulk. It wasn't Wolverine, right? You know, Byrne I mean, she, made She-Hulk a character. Yes, it worked. It worked because yeah. right. you had a. The, the, 
they would ha- they would have to make FF the the center of the Marvel U, and that's where it starts. That's where it starts to break down because the FF at its core, when it's the best, is when it's a cosmic book. Marvel at its core is a ground or street level universe. See, I think part of it too is the way though that they portray the it characters. Is. Like I, 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 and again, maybe it's just for a different era. But you read for all the talk of the last decade, Tony Stark being a douche. Reed's been largely a douche, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I prefer not being a douche for me. I was fine with Tony being a douche because I think that's more in character with him. He's an industrialist. Yeah, but Tony's kind of a a pimp douche. Reed is is kind of the the nerdy. I'm smarter than you, douche. Yeah, he's... Yeah, yeah, Reed Reed was always busy. And yes, he would forget things, and Susie would be like, "Oh, how about?" But he would always, very frequently, if not every issue, almost every arc certainly would show that he, Susie, was still his center of his universe, as she should be. Right. And that's right. This we have spent many a year in in the last decade, where basically Susie is sitting there pulling out the Mr. Happy vibrator to keep herself pleased because yeah. Reed oh, is in the lab. Somebody draw that. Please draw that. But you know what I mean, though? Um, I mean, yeah. it's, it's and, and it goes. It's, you know what the problem was? The thing that killed, uh, that put a lot of nails in Fantastic Four's coffin, Civil civil Frickin' War. Yep. Yeah. That, that ruined right. Fantastic Four for a lot of years. The last, the last time the, the, the four as a family, as, as a unit, was fun for me with Reed being himself was the Mark Wade, Mike Waringo. Yep. That, that, that was the last time I really enjoyed Fantastic And I stuck with Fantastic Four after he left and you had McDuffie and JMS on. And They, and they met Jack Kirby in heaven. How much better can it get? <laughs> Seriously, I know. But it was, that was, that, that brought it back. I mean, it, it, forget, you know, all the talk we have about John Burns run. I mean, that brought it back to the 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 Jack and Stan days, and and yeah. that it was fun. It was a family. You you I I read that book every month, and I smiled, laughed, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And that was just like I. There are days where I I wake up in the morning. I'm like I didn't know they were still publishing that. It's book. almost like you want DeFalco back. Because <laughs> as much no as much as I like Hickman's work and what yeah. he's doing on Fantastic Four, I would take Tom DeFalco's run over this new stuff any day. Yeah, you know, and Hickman's, was, a, Hickman's uh, a great writer, and I like a lot of the ideas that he's bringing to it. I think yeah. he's the right writer to be working on it now. They got to get the artist situation squared oh. away. It's like, where's Pascal Ferry whenever you need right. him? Right. Let me say this about that though, because again, uh, with the contention that I am, I, I love almost everything Hickman's done. I wonder if Hickman's a little too serious for FF. Maybe. Homie just takes things real seriously. Yeah, and I don't maybe, know that yeah. FF can be that serious, man. It can definitely be serious because ultimately they're at their best when they're fighting something that's going to end the universe and other things. So certainly that's serious in the grand scheme of things. Sure. But to, to me, what makes FF great is when the tone, it's that they're this family of fun-loving adventurers who just so happen while they're having fun as a family, freaking saving the Earth. That's how badass they are, yeah. saving the universe. Yeah. There are like, some it's, writers... It's, 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 when, it's when Ben and Johnny are giving each other shit. Yeah, he's yeah. a serious yeah. dude. Yeah. And to be that's, fair... There are elements of that in Hickman's work. I think that first arc had a lot of whimsy. 
Right. But um, come on, that's easy to do. You know what I mean? But, it's well, when you forget. Okay, but some, some writers choose not to do it as much. Right. But when you forget about the love, like when you break up Reed and Sue, you've just fucked up the Fantastic Four. He's a terrible husband. Oh, no, when he's written that way, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, 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 historically, he's not. For a generation, he's been a bad husband, yeah. These a generation guys, of comic readers. They right? don't get it. Which is. Yep. You know, so I, I, still, so I guess we don't I, have an answer. They should then. just it, cancel that fucking book. No, yeah, look, I honestly think it's, it's, it's a come on. You shouldn't even say shit like that because it's not even funny. You know the story. The story has been told. There's nowhere else to go with it. Come on, have some balls. Just pull the plug. I'm going to cut you where well, I mean, canceling Thor for for a couple years worked. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it's, Thor. That's not Thor. Never Thor. When they canceled Thor, he didn't. He didn't have a, Fanta- a, fantastic. He, Four. He, he he tagged on the end of 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 yeah, another series. Doing. So yeah. you know, Fantastic so, Four has turned into the. It, it's turned into the five o'clock network news. There's no reason for it to be there, but they'll never ever get rid of it. Are you serious? Well, I, mean, I don't know. Be, be I don't know. real. Well, I am being real. It's 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 ridiculous. There's that no is, reason for it to be there, but they're never going to get rid of it. About any comic book. That's crazy. Yeah, seriously. That I mean, Superman hasn't always had some yeah. stellar fucking stories, and they never canceled yeah, that. And Superman's yeah, not the Fantastic Four by a long stretch. But every ten years or so, Superman comes around with an interesting story. There ain't been anything interesting going on with the FF since what Burn. Please. And that's I not the fault of the characters. Though. And no. and McDuffie's run was fun. Yep. Where the first Hickman arc came out, Chris, you were masturbating over. A, over yeah, a oh yeah, the first the first two issues were great. Okay, well then you just said it's been years since anything fun. I mean, so well, they, yeah, well, they came like, out last year. Like years. <laughs> so years since a complete story that that would I think we're finding out just how long Chris's what? decades really. What are. if? Here's a what if for you. I, what Jason, if? Jason, I'm, I'm just trying to get Vince fucking. It ain't going to happen because you're just being ridiculous. I mean, cancel the Fantastic Four. <laughs> what if Bendis directed his attention ten years ago? Must be ten by now. To the Fantastic Four and not the Avengers. What? I actually of, think what would be very we, good at Fantastic Four. Hell yeah! Dialogue, you know? Yeah, you're right. You, you're exactly right, and, and and I think he understands the characters a lot better than the guys that. In the all interim. joking aside, yeah, I do think if Most Bendis, did, if he took over FF, uh, I, I do think they were made for it. I think it would be the chance it has to get back to top ten because I think his going onto it, and I presume that would also bring a very big name artist with him, would would make it a top ten book at least that first issue, and then if Bendis is being Bendis, it, it could carry itself that way for a while. It's yeah, like, I do think that's one of the ways to do it. Seriously, you wrote 150 issues of Ultimate Spider-Man. Are you not done with that character? So why don't you stretch your artistic muscles? Get on the Fantastic Four. Do some new good for the company. Everybody knows you can write young Peter Parker in the Ultimate Universe. Yet you're great. You're wonderful. No, really. Get the hell on a book that challenges you. True. That's just like taking a dump. 582 sold... 34,617 copies. The In the new issue, they have the statement of publication oh, that, that they're all required to do. I think 48,000 was the maximum number of comics that were published uh, for any one issue during a certain period of time. 48,000, that's yeah. pitiful. For Fantastic Four, yep. it's disgusting. Sales are down 45% over the last year and down, 50, down uh, 61% over the last four years. 
That's crazy. Un- they just need a good movie. Comic magazine. Yeah. So, so right on the cover. Now, tell, the, tell the, me uh, when one comes along. They, so all right. So Bendis is on it. Who is a who? What artist would you like to see with him? Pascal Ferry. Uh, we've seen that. That would be good. That yeah, we've seen it with Ultimate FF. Yeah. Um, and it and it looks lots of artists would be fine on the book, frankly. It, it it did, but it, it didn't. It was beautiful. But for that it, version of the FF, you know, right. I wouldn't mind seeing like again, not a huge name, but someone. Um, I I think I'd rather see Paco Medina on FF than I like um on X Men. Hmm. Yeah, there's not a chance in hell this would happen, but I would love to see a 12 issue Eric Larson run on Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> not happen, but, yeah. So, you know, we already said Skioli, but... or Skioli, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skioli would be awesome. I I don't think that would. I think we like Skioli because of the what we see in Godland. I don't know that yeah. that would be the way Marvel would go about doing. People it. would be like, "Why does the FF look like this? It's never." Yeah. Oh. 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 <laughs> um. Get me all bum now. What? <laughs> this is a depressing conversation. We should not be having this conversation. Show. Basically, why does the FF show, suck? The FF would make it a top ten book. Who? Joe, Frank Joe. Yeah, and it would take him 13 years. To oh, my God. Yeah, years. yeah, that would, that, that, that's an OGN wait now. It's a, I got the We're previews McGinn, today. Uh, speaking of stretching your, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, Thing would look great. <laughs> thing would look awesome. I don't Susie I don't be all sexy see, with the childbearing hips. I don't think we need to see Reed and, and Johnny all short and stocky and buff all the time. I mm-hmm. picked up the previews today. Yes. yes. Have, uh, yeah, they, then they all be, they all be Child, mugging. They'd all Tom be mugging Fowler for the camera. Awesome. Yeah. Tom Fowler would draw an awesome Mr. Fantastic. Tom yeah, Fowler, Fowler draws awesome everything. Well, yes, but I'm talking about the stretchy and the, yeah. Yeah, my yeah. my my vote is Dan Slott and and Kevin McGuire. Okay. What? Nothing. I that's your that's your um choice. That's that, cool. I would I would so buy that book. Ah, Kevin McGuire is one of those guys that, yeah, you can draw very nice facial expressions. I get it, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Every, wow. every, every, every character wow. looks like I'm looking for the director in the scene. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying I don't. I dislike the guy's work. I don't dislike it at all. Oh, yeah. It's just oh, that it's yeah, the guy. Oh, he can draw mouths. Huh? I'm not saying I don't like his work. Huh? I don't like his work. It's just that. Uh, I mean, I do like his work. That? It's it's just too it's too muggy too look at me I'm making a scrunched up face I don't know I I'm sorry but I'm saying I got the previews today and I look on it and it's Jim Lee drawn Batman again with Brian Azzarello do we re- I mean is there no other book they can put Jim Lee on to sell the book why don't you give Jim Lee twelve issues of Wonder Woman or something how about he just publishes books. But he's drawing with Azure he's doing the Batman with Azarella. I, I get I get about excited when Jim Lee draws something as when Joe Q does. Is that like a, a, a Batman for tonight? I could give a shit. Wow, no Jim Lee love. I you know he's no, a, no one said that. he's a great he's a great draftsman. I, I don't I don't seek his stuff out though. Amazing draftsman, but it's so in, you know, if you, if you live your life waiting to buy Jim Lee comics, that's a pretty sad fucking way to go. Wow. Where's the hate coming from? It's where not hate. The, I mean, it, what the guy, the guy's, they love what, what <laughs> six, six comics in the last four years. 
Yeah, and those six comics sold a lot. That's that's wow, why. What he, a Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jim Lee on Fantastic Four. Can we get him away from Disney? From not Disney. Yeah, because because Heroes from, Reborn <laughs> just needs to be relived. <laughs> that wasn't oh, that no, bad. No, Jim, Jim Lee's great, but he's a great draftsman. It's it's I don't know. It's, I've 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 grown less and less fond of his work over the last few years. It's not something that I go crazy for anymore. What, you can sit here and and, and, and rag on Kevin fucking McGuire and I can say that I don't remember. he doesn't do it for me anymore and I'm a I don't re- remember ragging on Kevin McGuire. I don't either. Oh, oh, he draws expressions. Oh. He does. He does expressions very well. If, if that gets you off, that's cool. But <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Where, where are we going this episode? This is, this is crazy. Crazy. impression is uncanny i know that i because i because i always talk like that <laughs> i'm friggin believable real talk hey. give jim lee drawn and joe q uh editor-in-chief and <laughs> i i, I <laughs> i'd much rather see jim lee drawn pictures than i care about that's, what his plans are for uh <laughs> dc proper that's the swedish position the editor-in-chief and look at this i just turned to my my left and i have an autographed copy of tales of gi joe number one autographed by herb trimpey damn you yeah Ooh. uh while we have this little intermission um dude a mad shout out to and i i thought we had shouted them out two episodes ago but i'm beginning to think we didn't because oh i know um, you're gonna say patrick scullin Mm -hmm. friend of the show valuable forum member mucho uh, independent creator. We've talked about his fantastic web series and yeah. comic book of the same uh, uh, Super Siblings. Well, Patrick is uh, right before New York Comic Con. Uh, we had said an episode or two before uh, the con that we were joking about it would be great to have T-shirts that said "I'm with Vince B." <laughs> and day or two before the con, I get a package <laughs> in the mail from Mr. Scullin saying he heard that on the show. It turns out he makes T-shirts. Um, I don't know if it's his, how he, what he does for a living or it's a side job or whatever, but it's something that he does. And in the bag were a boatload of awesome black T-shirts with a sweet logo that said, I'm with Vince B. <laughs> and, uh, and I loved them, brought them to the con. Everybody, we showed them off everybody. Everyone was loving them. Um, and I absolutely meant to thank Patrick uh, in our recap episode and I must not have because very nicely, Patrick, very nicely and sweetly sent a PM to me last week after the episode saying, hey, love the episode. Um, just w- was wondering if you ever got my package, which was a very polite way of saying, hey, I never, I, you never told me, you know, that you, <laughs> that you got my package. So, so totally, uh, sorry for that and, and really, really appreciated it. And, uh, and, um, and we did get them. They were fantastic. Yes. And, and again, way, uh, way overboard and very sweet of you and thanks so much so yeah i thought i thought we i don't know if it was off air either before or after we were done recording, yeah i think that's I, what i could happened. have sworn that i i mentioned that renee was sleeping in the one that i brought home so <laughs> but, yeah. she got the titty holes she cut is, out of it i love it nice. <laughs> she is with vince b <laughs> you love it i can't get you enough yeah you pushed me hey. out of the way David, you know what I got? This I, when I pulled this out of my box last time it came, I said Was David's it? gonna love hearing about this. No, I didn't read it yet, so I cannot speak to the story. But it's from Fanagraphics Books. It's called R.I.P.M.D. Okay, and it's written and scripted by Mitch Shower. 
You know who did the inking on this book? I'm sorry. Oh. Mitch Schauer scripted and penciled it. And Mitch is one of the creators. I think he is the creator of the Angry Beavers cartoon. Oh, I love Angry Beavers. You know who inked this? Who? Mike Vosberg. No way. Yes way. Yes way. Wow. It's, it's a story of a kid, and I guess he's like a, a consultant to monsters, helping real monsters with real problems. It was twelve ninety nine, and it's got a, I mean, th this is the Halloween episode. Um, truth be told, things go bump in the night because they can't see where the heck they're going. It's, it's, a, it's geared towards children. It's really neat. It's inked That's by Mike cool. Vosberg. When was the last time we heard that name? I'd have to be going past through my old uh, issues of Marvel's G.I. Joe to, to come across his name. Yeah. And it's it's very cool. Uh, since the age of six, Ripley Plimped has loved classic movie monsters. And it shows the kid in his room, a typical uh, 60s, 70s horror kid room. There's a poster from The Giant Leeches, the movie on the wall. There's uh, Boris Karloff with the, uh, from The Mummy. Uh, and he's got like all kind of monster toys and Aurora models. It's a really neat looking book. He's got copies of Creepy on the floor. That's cool. I mean, this book speaks to me because that was me, 20. Well, thirty some, thirty five years something. ago. Yeah, and uh, it's just there's a lot of creatures in it. It's really cool looking. So check, do a little Google search for uh, Rip MD from Fantagraphics. That's cool. The cover's awesome. Awesome. Do that. All right, um, that's just my my interlude. The, uh, the 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 last I think last well okay. I didn't know. That the first arc for iZombie was ending at five, mm -hmm. and and I didn't know. And then when I got to the last couple pages of issue five, I'm like, oh, that that seems to be them them writing, wrapping up this this <laughs> chapter. And it just it, it wasn't. I mean, that's that sounds worse than it is. I don't I, I don't mean to, to to take it lightly. It was just it after going back and. And taking it all in, it it made sense as far as the issue goes. The way the way things are, are progressing with the characters, and and then um, because the whole she has to eat brains to survive. So so she nice. and and she's a she, she she's a grave digger. She she works at a cemetery. So you know once a month she digs up somebody fresh, and and when she eats their brains, she gets their memories, and and uh, you know mysteries couldn't sue and. If after a while though the the memories fade, so the memory kind of faded by the end of the fifth issue, and I was like, oh, and 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 she even says, you know, sorry, we couldn't do what you know we 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 could have done, and it was it was just it was a little weird, and then it I see the end, and then next month you know the, the, there's a new storyline, but it was it by the time I got to the fifth issue. It was, it, it redeemed like issue three and four. It, it was, mm -hmm. there, there were a couple issues where it was like, I was like, really? This is, this is Mike and Laura Allred? And, and I wasn't real sure where things were going. And, and we still, I don't think, the players really aren't fleshed out fully. We, we, we know about the main character, but, um, 
as far as her supporting cast, we may not know a lot about them. We don't know a lot about the Monster Hunters. There are some vampires out there that, that we need to get some backstory on. So I, I want to keep getting the book to, to, to find out more about this world. So I'm on board as far as that's concerned. But I, I was a little... Can't wait to read it. it, it it's, it's good. It's, it really, I really enjoyed it. really is, yeah. Obviously, um, I'm waiting for the trade. Yes. And well, yeah. that, that should have been... Has that been solicited? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it has. Yeah. yeah, um, but no, it's it's it, it's. I, I guess I could say it's a fun book, even though it's about dead people. But it's it's still it, it's. Um, I, I dig it. I think the art is fitting, and and we all know Michael Allred's style, and and it's not, you know, even though there are dead people in it, this isn't you know, this isn't Walking Dead style where where. Things just look a lot different. Things are colorful. The uh, the art's great. I am. This is, I think, the first thing I've read by Chris Roberson. So I um I okay. I, I do I do like his work as far as this goes. It's not like I'm not I'm not. It, it's it really is the whole package for me. I'm not buying it because the Allreds are working on it or because it's about zombies. It's it's zombies really don't do a lot for me to begin with. So it, there would have to be. A, I mean, it's really not a zombie book, though. It's no, called it's I not. Zombie. It's it's right. really it, it's more of a Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, book. Oh, oh. <laughs> and it's, well, I mean, there's there's like you know romantic. Yeah, there's crushes. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Right. It's yeah. it's more like romantic drama mixed with with like supernatural stuff going on but it's all it's all in the the backdrop of kind of you know the scooby gang kind of feel to it and uh yeah it's 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 okay maybe not beverly hills 90210 maybe a little more like melrose place I never saw any of that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's better or worse. You might have, you should have quit with that. Yeah, but, but I mean cool. yeah, I mean it's it's a it's but a yes. yeah, it's 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 more more relationship and 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 drama mixed with supernatural stuff. It's 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 very offbeat, but but it yeah. was it was a great setup. I mean, using using Gwen as as the uh, as the introduction to, to this world and this environment, I think I think was great because it looks like uh-huh. we're going to be finding more out about the Wear Terrier in the next arc, and yes. and, uh, and and you know, so it's it's neat that we'll get a little bit. Of everybody, whether it's it's a getting the gang together type of of storyline or, or overarching plot, but it's uh, it's it's kind of going in a different direction than than I thought it was going. You know, when I got to the end of the first issue and into the second, and I'm 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 all for it. I the guy who was um talking the the the, the mummy. Yes, thank you. He uh, that 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 was a neat twist. It was it mm-hmm. it, it really it's it's cool. I I, I hope I, you, I got a, you, got a, you got a you got a '60s go-go dancer as a ghost. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, I love the yeah, cast. It was very flighty ghost, but yeah, it's yes. Yeah, I've I've distanced myself from Vertigo lately. They're they're kind of confused. They're kind of confusing me a bit. Like, uh, oh, yeah. the, the, it seems like Fables and Jack of Fables is on a really erratic publishing schedule. Like, uh, this month, there's no Jack. Last month, there was no Fables or Jack because yeah. of that, that huge issue 100. And it's just, the, the Vertigo crime stuff is really not doing it for me. I stopped reading DMZ. 
and yeah, and Brian Bri- Brian Wood is one of those guys like I did enjoy DMZ for a time and I liked Northlanders but I I just for some reason I just don't want to read them anymore and his other stuff like I was going through uh, for uh, for whatever reason I bought the collected demo and uh-huh. Be- Becky Clunan's art is is really good but I read about 20 pages of it I could go no further yeah, really? well, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm Brian Wood yeah. for me is all miss save for DMZ, which I am still reading and enjoying. But ev- everything else I've tried of his, I've not enjoyed. I, I really like local um, like of his. Um, yeah, DMZ. Him. DMZ seemed like it was. What issue is that thing on now? About sixty. Yeah, yeah. But again, again with local, I I started that and I was like, I don't care about any of these people. Uh, I thought it was a nice twelve issue series. But Vince, are you not reading House of Mystery anymore? Or uh, I I have up, I have House of Mystery up to twenty five, and then I figured I'll just buy that and trade. Same, the same, same. I I have the first two trades of Scalps, and I although that's not really up your alley, though. No, I I read the first one. I was like, yeah, this is good, but you know. Uh, and unwritten. and sweet tooth, sweet tooth. I'm getting in trade. Unwritten. I don't know. I just I I just lost it. You know that I lost any kind of momentum. I, I now Joe the Barbarian was great. Yeah, that yeah. was one of the one of the most re- the recent series that I really enjoyed. We talked about a lot on the show, but it just like seems like there's been a disconnect between me and Vertigo right recently. I've noticed that with you, but I have to say it's not that case for me. I mean, I'm reading all those series and enjoying most of them um, very much. I will say though, the Fables has lost that love and feeling. It's still very good, but it's it used to be that that book. <laughs> that I was your book. Most coveted, yeah, 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 most coveted, and it's been. Um, and I do think there is the psychological hurdle, and it's not necessarily the fault. Of of uh, Willingham, um, but when you do build for seven years to a climax, uh, even if what you bring after that is fine in its own right, it's only human nature to feel as a reader a little bit of a letdown. It would be like I'm trying to think of a TV show that had a big payoff and then they just decided to keep it going after that. You know, it would be akin to that. And what comes after may still be very entertaining, but Oh, X-Files. X-Files season uh, seven, and then they come back for season eight and and take Mulder out of it, and it was like... Oh, I forgot about that. Well, I'm talking about that would be more akin to like something where you you keep going and you shouldn't. I don't know that Fables is in that category. Aftermath. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Getting back to X-Files, they did redeem that, though, with the last couple episodes. Oh, and I and I it was Jason Patrick who I who I really like a lot, but uh, yeah. it wasn't Anna yeah. Robert Patrick. Oh, I'm sorry, Robert, J- Jason, Robert Jason Patrick, Patrick was Narc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Anna, yeah, yeah. Always got my always got my Patricks. Is I Jason Patrick his brother? Yeah. No, it's spelled uh, differently. He, it's there's no K in the Patrick. Hey Vince, look at look at David, Mister Movie. Yeah, Vince, have you seen the uh, <laughs> have you seen the X Files uh, sexual parody? <laughs> No, is it good? <laughs> good. Serious. All I gotta say is, remember how we were talking a week or two ago about the uh, the trend back towards the unkempt nether regions? Oh Oof. no! Well, the, yeah, the, I'll, I'll the, pass. The, the starlet who portrays Scully. Mm-hmm. Unkempt. Shaggy jungle down there. It's an absolute it's, jungle. Should have called her Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, not into the that. Truth is in there. <laughs> 
It's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> I like the Although, truth, but not I have that blatant. Probably is what Scully was like, right? Because Scully was the the reserved Catholic. Uh, no, uh, I'm the, thinking she was very well kept. I'm hoping. No, I don't oh, think so. Dude. I think, oh, I think she was. And stuff? I don't know. I think it was like right a now, question Chris mark. Is like, can we please move this to the appropriate form? <laughs> yeah, because any any female listeners we have had up until now are, are gone. There, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Sorry. sorry for that. You know, it it is that season, and uh, it's the mm-hmm. Halloween time, and I, so I was watching horror movies, and uh-huh. uh, I I'm a fan of low budget films, and no. if I can, if yes, I am. If I can, if I can get a lot of low budget films for a, a low price, I'll do it. There's a company out there called. Um, uh, something Creek. They 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 just flood the market with these huge fifty movie DVD collections. Right. Yeah. Yes. And they're they're really cheap. But there was one called Bloodbath, and it has one movie with Tom Savini in it. So it was five bucks for twelve movies. And I said, five bucks for twelve movies. I'm there. And I watched the first movie. It's called Angst. Have Have any of you seen this movie? It's a I think it's a British film. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. It was, <laughs> was made. No. It, it, was, it, it was made in 2006. Uh, have you ever seen Little Shop of Horrors? Yes. Of course. Okay. Supplant the plant. How's that? With a vagina, and you get angst. <laughs> oh god! It was awesome. <laughs> she uh, for some you, for some uh, reason her her th- vajayjay upon certain during during certain moments of intense physical contract contact it sucks the dude in and eats him no way yes but they don't show it no they don't show it they just show like clothes strewn all over and the woman wakes up she's like what's going on you know and and after a while the thing becomes becomes so ravenous that she becomes a, a hooker just to feed her thing it's nuts, but it, 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 she's the the lead actress is very attractive. But I mean, it's a low budget. Is the subtitle of the "There's movie. a party in my pants and everybody's coming"? <laughs> no. You have a haunted vagina. Yes, it's Seriously. it's a real. I thought it was a really cool take on a on you know little shop, obviously. But for a low budget film, I feel like I got my five dollars worth, and I've only watched one. It didn't. Uh, it, it didn't sound Rampant. like one of the dudes from the Four Tops. No, rampant nudity. <sighs> rampant nudity in this movie. And, really? And there, yeah, there's one part where this dude kidnaps her, chloroforms her. Well, he inj- yeah, he, he puts her out, ties her to an old mattress, like a, a a spring mattress, and she wakes up, and he's and he starts going down there, and she's like, you don't want to do that! And his tongue <laughs> stretches, like, right across the screen, this huge tongue as it sucks him in. It's nuts! You gotta see it. I loved it. Five bucks? No, I don't. <laughs> that's inventive storytelling come on yeah, and and the yeah. thing goes feed me feed you know. me oh wow <laughs> can i that'll, can i talk about one more comic before we that'll get out save of here yes yeah go ahead yes. all right just jesus christ um oh, come on. there there was a book that started coming out from oni uh, a year or two ago that uh, i bought the about uh, the, the first uh, the first issue, absolutely loved it. Decided I wanted to get it in trade, and the first trade has come out, and it is Brom Revels Gorillas. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, now wait, don't. Is it he? How many issues of of the Image series came out? I believe two, three. I believe two. 
Okay, so, um, so this really? finishes the storyline, or this, this is this is the first. This is the first um, volume of a three. Isn't this one of those series, series, though? That, but wasn't this one of those series that did the accursed? Uh, didn't finish this series, but made you buy the trade. That's yeah, right. That's I, what I'm it, trying. You to know, it, it it may be, it may be, yeah. and I bought the I bought the first the first issue on the stands, and then um, and then uh, decided to wait for the trade. Did the trade came out? But the but the trade is only fourteen ninety nine. Oh, nice. So, yeah, if I so remember correctly, the first gorillas was like almost five bucks, right? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, were. They yeah. were. I mean, they were. They were long. This thing is 150. It's it's 152 pages of story, and I believe it was three issues. It's broken up into yeah, three chapters. Each first issue. Yeah. Now that, is, that is um is it being an Oni trade? Is it is it the size of the Damned, or is it more like like a Marvel or DC trade? It's size of the Damned. It is. Okay. An un, it's nice. an undersized trade, so it's larger than a digest. But but smaller than most traditional trades. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, it is. Um, it's fantastic. If um, if you like Vietnam era war stories, this has. Like if you like Jason Aaron's uh, The Other Side, this has a very similar feel. You know, like a lot of a lot of Vietnam era stories. I mean, these guys are out running around in the bush, and it's. I mean, this is a hmm. Vietnam story. See, you uh, did tie it into uh, Vince's. Yeah, story. I'm not, yeah, I'm not talking about Vince's movie. Around in the bush, um, baby. Um, where where gorillas takes this amazing left turn is that uh, there's uh, this private private Clayton who is out with his with his troop. Out in the out in the jungle, and they all get wiped out except for him, and he's kind of kind of cowardly, you know. It's but then again, probably not any more so than than a lot of us would be in in combat. He just doesn't want to get fucking killed. Um, the rest of his the rest of his uh, platoon gets gets wiped out, and then he is saved by a group of gorillas. And they're all um, uh, these are chimpanzees who were part of a um, a science experiment to um, create basically the next generation of soldier to take primates and turn them into soldiers. And the rest of the rest of this first volume is about him getting to know this this platoon of of chimpanzees and then stuff that's going on. You know, back at, at base, and with uh, the, the the scientist, or actually the brother of the scientist that um, that was part of this experiment, um, basically getting together to uh, to hunt down the uh, the gorillas, and it was it was really really a good read, and the art is fantastic. Brom Brom Rebel is he's he's a voice man. I I really like this trade. Cool. Mm-hmm. I love the first issue. Yeah, and it can it gets better. It, it's it's as you get into um, kind of the, the the hierarchy of of this this platoon of gorillas and um, kind of like who who follows who you know all the way from the leader down to the to the youngest one and and the relationship that they have with with Private Clayton. The only reason that they keep him around is because he has a lighter and he can light their cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was kind of um, 
I was kind of bummed a little bit because I remember when you were talking about it on AC and how you got to the uh, the big twist at the end of the first issue, mm-hmm. and uh, and then when I noticed the cover in the um, new release thread last week when Dave A posted it, I was kind of bummed that that the cover kind of gives away the twist. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You're right. Okay. It just, yeah, I figure it just, you know, it's. Yeah, there's there's I mean, it's over a year old. I mean, I'm sure word of mouth by now. Hey, you got to check this out and it's you know, but still. Yeah, it's still. I mean, it's 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 chimpanzee soldiers, you know, go out yeah. and buy it. That's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. if you like Gorilla Man, if you like Detective Chimp, you know, so there It's you like go. Hit Monkey meets the other side basically. Oh, you said Hit Monkey. Well, yeah, it's Ooh. except it it's not as as ridiculous as Hit Monkey. Um <laughs> I did not like hit, hit monkey, um, but yeah, and and hey, it's 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 fifteen bucks. So um, you know, in stock trades, probably has it for around ten or something like that. Um, pick it up. It's 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 if you like Vietnam War era stories or just like weird shit with with primates, it should mm-hmm. appeal to you. Sweet, I like primates. Yep. What did you dudes you. think of the uh, the Steve Lieber four chan? stuff the what i found it very very interesting i um you're not kidding i i thought it was um i mean at, at while i'm reading lieber's thoughts on it it's like listen it is what it is you know and once he made his presence known you had people going you know what i really liked it i'm gonna buy it and that's positive outcome i mean it, it's yeah. out there and then he goes ahead and he, he says listen here are the pdfs if you want to read it go ahead and read it now now well, be, before you go any further i think uh chris has no idea what you're oh, okay about. yeah yes. what's going oh, on? okay so sorry um so 4chan which i have to say until the story broke i didn't know really 4chan yeah okay. yeah so so if i have this wrong by all means interject but my understanding is 4chan is a very popular uh, "Quote unquote image hosting message board." Yeah, a lot of memes come from there or or <laughs> start there. So Madness. anything visual, including a lot of pirated stuff, is available there, right? That's my understanding. That is true too. Yes. Okay. Yes. So somehow Steve Lieber, the artist of Whiteout and more recently uh, the Underground, Underground, written by Jeff Parker. Yeah. Somehow Steve was alerted to the fact that uh, 4chan, someone posted on a 4chan thread the entire uh, Entire series, every uh, page. page, Of what? Page by page scans of Underground. Of Underground, of all five issues. Oh, Underground, okay. No piracy. So, uh, and this happens, as I understand it, to quite a few comics. Uh, But Steve, rather than go in and say, hey, fuckers, you're stealing money from me, take my stuff down right now and pursue you, he popped in completely innocuously, just said, hey, I'm the guy who drew this. Uh, I'm flattered that y'all are digging what I'm doing. Um, Do you have any questions about the book? And basically just join the conversation, which, uh, having gone in and read the thread, it completely changed the whole tenor of the thing. People were clearly baffled that the artist actually was in there and not throwing accusations and jabs at them. And he basically said, listen, it is what it is. You guys are going to do this anyway. I'd rather try and make a positive out of it. So he stayed in there and engaged in dialogue. He ignored the 
blatant flame war attempts of you know yep. trying to incite him. He just ignored those. He was very witty and clever, and he talked honestly about the economics of the book and how Jeff and he did this book not to get rich, but because it's a book for them, and that um, they didn't do this book for other people. They did it for themselves. That he does books, you know, for he does storyboarding and he does books for the big two. For you know, for, that's when he needs a paycheck. But this was something he did on his own, and that you know they they image was was the deal they have with Jim Image is, is more than fair and, and he just really just engendered himself into the conversation and the net result of it though is that as David alluded Steve posted on his blog stevelieber.com that not only did he engage in this conversation but it had the unexpected uh, uh, result of skyrocketing the sales of the underground on both Amazon and Etsy they sell they sell the book directly through Etsy and they have it on Amazon and he mm-hmm. posted the actual a chart, a graphic of the yeah. sales numbers by day, and you can see it goes parabolic after he joined the 4chan conversation. Yeah. And he then, cool. as David alluded, proceeded to then post the PDFs on his blog and say, hey, you have it. But what's fascinating about this is, the to me what's been fascinating is the the after this broke, the conclusions people are coming to on it. Now, one very flawed conclusion I think people are coming to is, oh, see, this proves that Piracy isn't bad for comics. I, I don't think that's at all what this says. Because yeah, I think really you have to go in and read the way Steve comports himself to really understand just how unique a situation this was. It It's frankly stunning to me how level-headed and calm and mellow Steve is in that thread about this. Because I, I can perfectly understand why people like uh, Gene Simmons or... Paul Cornell get up in arms when they go into a piracy site and see that thousands of, of, of downloads of their comic are beat, because that's money out of their pocket. So I understand that that's the natural reaction. So for Steve to be able to get past that and look at it in a very level-headed manner, and then not only do that, but but rather than say out of sight, out of mind, engage into the conversation in a meaningful way, I can't fathom too many people have the intestinal fortitude to do that in the nuanced way that, that Steve did. But it does show that if you are capable of that, for a small press book that's not selling huge numbers, the idea that piracy is absolutely negative is not necessarily true. And that's the fascinating thing is what does this experience with Lieber and Underground tell us or tell small press creators or self-publishers about how they should handle the world of digital comics? Because I think it does raise a question as to whether or not there is value in putting your stuff out there for consumption and then having people support it in other ways if they enjoy it. So what did you guys think of it? I mean, do you agree with me that it's something that was cool to see but very hard to replicate because of the way Steve handled it? Yes. Yes. I, I think he made lemonade. Oh, definitely. I agree. Which, which, is, which is very cool. But could I see Me- somebody like like Eric Larson or Tony Harris or or anybody I else? I will. Yeah. Larson would be a, would be a perfect a perfect person to do it. I don't know if he ever would or would understand why to. Um, it's it's. I think it's a matter of someone facing the inevitability of something that is happening. I mean, they can't change the piracy. It, it's going to happen. Whether There's no way that you can clamp down on every outlet right. for, for these things. Right. So so he just threw caution to the wind, jumped in and said, 
here I am. And it worked out as if, if that could work for other people. I don't know. Maybe this was just like a perfect storm. I, I don't know. It would be interesting to see uh, another instance, hopefully, if this ever happens again, where someone does similar things. And I, I can't see why going in all piss and vinegar is going to do anything other than yeah, incite no. them to keep stealing. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it puts a face to it. And it's not, it's not some, which, you know, which exactly, I mean, that's a big helped. part of this it, and the facelessness it was, of it. It was, that's, it was, it was something that he co-created. It's his baby. Like if, yeah. if Jeff Parker came in and said, you know what? I really wish you guys wouldn't do that to my agents of Atlas or, or said, Hey, thanks for reading that agents of Atlas. You know, there's a couple of trades. It's like, listen, we know Marvel's getting the money from yeah. Atlas. Oh no, I'm yeah. taking money from Disney. Well, I believe oh, Paul yeah, Cornell had started, it's, right? Paul, it, Paul Cornell was complaining about, um, Knight and Squire being yes, being like yeah, that or something, right. and 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 again, I do think you're right. I think the the fact that it's a creator coming in and something he created, and it's his economics, does change the sympathy parabola, you know, in the yeah. sense that that there's this, and I don't necessarily, I frankly don't think that this is fair, but I do think that a lot of people look at it a lot of times with piracy is, oh well, that's the Marvel and DC are humongous. You know, they're they're arms of humongous media companies. It, it's so it's it's easier to justify it if you're taking money yes. from Time Warner, right? Not right. from Steve Lieber, right? Right. Yeah. But I would be fascinated because it's not as though the Underground was a unique comic being pirated on 4chan. I understand it, but that if you want to, you could probably find almost anything that's been printed on 4chan, at least allegedly. And so I would be interested to see if this is. Uh, an indicative of of something that other small creators can do because you know we lament all the time about these great creator owned books that sell in the direct market for crap and it's like you know the the definition of insanity is attempting the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different outcome uh and, and yet he he put a face to the to the, to the yeah. But yes, you're right. He put a face, and but he put a very cool, pleasant, pleasant, chill face. Like he yes. didn't engage in the flame wars. Right. He didn't because there were people in those threads as you read it trying to incite him, and he didn't. He just ignored them, you know. And then he said, and his and he in a couple of interviews I saw with him, he said, "Listen, you can't be on the internet these days and have a product and not accept that there are going to be people that are going to act like assholes. If you can't handle that, you can't be on the internet." And that, while that's true. I think we can all speak from personal experience that even even though we may feel that way most days, there are days where it's hard to deal with that reality. It's hard not to get drawn in to the douchebaggery and want to participate and retort. And, and we've all been there. So I can only imagine how I would feel if my hard-owned, creator-owned work that I spent thousands of my own dollars to put out with very little expectation of making a fortune on but certainly wanting to hopefully recoup my investment was being pirated i don't know if i would have had the maturity to go in there and say hey uh, i'm going to try and make lemonade out of this and well, he did it and I, am i still shitty yeah it did, yeah it the, goes without saying. the um the it was um what was it there, there were yeah, you had the people who were saying hey it's the artist but th- there were a couple there was one poster in particular who I, these are my favorite that, that that he knows or she knows exactly what goes into making a comic exactly what what the writer and the artist does and how this works and how their their, their payments are broken down and even at that, even still then Steve was like this is how 
it really works. It's like it's. It, I mean, we can play armchair editor and and sure. and you know, but I mean, now you have people who, you know, who knows if if Steve's ever met these people at a convention because you know they're behind Mister you know Anonymous Man eighty seven, and it's it like like Jason said though from from the moment he arrived in in the thread, it was just nothing but polite, cordial, and it. I think it definitely made things go a lot. Oh, absolutely better. Yeah. More, more How many posts in there were saying guys saying basically that they? A lot of them even went in to say that they weren't even necessarily reading the book on 4chan, but they were so impressed with his demeanor yep. and his attitude, they went. They wanted to just support him, and so they went and bought the book. I mean, so clearly it worked, and it was something I think was very contrarian. And I just, it's easy for me to say because it isn't. I'm not a creator. Uh, so I, I I understand you know we know a lot of creators we know a lot of guys creating their own stuff on the web and and and, and in publishing we know guys like you know Steve Bryan who's who's been very open about the dynamics of being a small you know press self publisher and 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 the the economics of that and and the admittedly bleak economics of that so I totally understand why that the way Steve handled things would be anathema to the instincts of a lot of creators but. Man, I mean, I, I don't know how you can argue with the end result, which is that his book sold a factor of ten times more books in the days following that conversation on 4chan than it sold at any time before that. Well, I, I did something was... similar about ten years ago. Really? Yeah. Uh, remember I told you that I used to do DVD reviews? Yes. I, I had a website where I wrote reviews of horror exploitation and and just just like strange dvds well um i would post maybe four or five reviews a week and and to be honest it took me about 12 hours to write a review i would research wow. yes i would research i would watch every part of the disc including the bonus features and the listen to the commentary i i would trace the the uh creators of this film's lineage and go back and try and tie it in with something they did before or cross reference it with another movie just to make the the review interesting and add some value to it and i i sort of got a reputation as a decent reviewer and one day because i reviewed horror movies i would like to keep up on the genre i would get all the horror movies that i possibly horror magazines that i possibly could so i won't name the name of the magazine but i began getting a magazine from britain that focused on horror movies and inside the magazine were my reviews verbatim oh wow they took them wow. off my they took them off my website and published them verbatim in their magazine and, and the money came rolling in in royalties, right? Eventually, yeah, because I contacted the editor and I said, you obviously think enough of me as a writer to publish my words. Why don't you hire me? And so I began, I, I kept doing what I normally did, which was write reviews for my website, but I would send them to them in text form and they published them in their ma magazine hmm. and they paid me. Well, there you it go. Was, yeah. So, I mean, and I was pissed off initially, like, how dare yes, they? Right. And, it, and it wasn't the first time that it was done to me. There have been companies that would take the synopsis that I wrote for a DVD and use it on the back of their discs. 
like when when they did the the oh, subs, yeah. subsequent okay, right. subsequent printings and stuff. So no, it wasn't. I mean, it, it, but you can't avoid it. So why try and fight it? Just lay back and roll with it. Try and be a a good guy and see what happens. That's what I did. I, I'm, there's no way I could squash it. So I just confronted the guy and boom, I got I made lemonade, and it worked out for a while until I got sick of reviewing DVDs and just stopped. <laughs> but you know, yep. So there you go. Hey, before we wrap up, um, uh, everyone's going to watch Walking Dead this weekend, right? Hell yes. I can't I wait. probably will. I can't wait. Probably. I'm looking forward, looking forward to talking with you all about it. Yeah, no, I'll I'll, um, I'll set the DVR for it since it's not like I got anything from Fox to watch. Although, well, no, I might have to watch Sherlock first, but I will... Um... Oh, does that start this weekend, too? Sherlock no, no, the is second, really good. It is... It is Fucking fantastic! What it the is. hell is Sherlock? Oh, wait, it already yes, Sher- Sher- Sherlock. Oh, damn. Deuce, no, 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 no. If you um, if you watch, if, if you go to PBS, Jason, look under Masterpiece Mystery. They're replaying the first episode during oh, the week. Nice. The second episode will be <laughs> Sunday. The third episode will be the following Sunday. I can nice. already tell you, I'm not going to like it. Masterpiece it's, Mystery? No, 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 no. It's PBS is presenting it in in, yeah. in that, but it's a BBC show made by written by David oh. Moffat. David okay. yeah, from Doctor Who. It, so it, it, is, a, it is a modern-day retelling of Sherlock Holmes. And it is it awesome. It is, it is the... if Renee's favorite scripted serial episodic drama is, is Law & Order, as long as Anthony Anderson isn't on it. If... <laughs> after we after we finish Sherlock, she said if someone came to her and said, you're on an island, you can only have one television show she said after only watching the very first episode it would be sherlock over everything else it is she she keeps every time pbs replays it she's watching it again she keeps watching it it is it the first i love martin freeman from the office and and he was also in um hitchhiker's guide the movie and yeah it was um, actually he and love actually and he is awesome as John wow. Watson, I'm serious. You have to, you mm. Vince, you need to watch this. It is yeah, all right. awesome, Eventually. awesome show. It, well, the the the, um, the you can pre-order the DVD, but um, I'll wait for it. Here's here's a question. Let's do that island question. If you could only have one TV show on an island, what would it be? Drama, comedy. On the air, no, no, one. You only get one. one. Only one. But but that's currently on the air or any. It doesn't of of all time <laughs> one TV show and. You okay. can only take one. Wow. Mine, I, I know mine right off the bat, and, I'll, and it's... it's. Mm-hmm. I'll, so I'll go first. The Honeymooners. Okay. Really? Really? The best, wow. best okay. television show ever, The Honeymooners. I can see that. That's funny. I can there see you go. That. What do you mean, ugh? <laughs> you got no love for Ralph Cramden? That's crazy. Not so much, no. Wow. He bribes a dust. Yeah. I love, I, love, I love the statue in New York that cracked me up. I Poof. do, I do uh, not believe it. Show. Probably Deadwood. Wow. Well, the first yeah. couple seasons at least. The first two seasons. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. The only thing is it's not, it didn't go long enough. So if I was on the desert, I'd need, I'd need something like The Simpsons that went on for 20 years because you have enough episodes to watch. But no, no. I, yeah, I mean, Deadwood's probably my favorite TV show of all time. So I'm, I'm, I would, I would, All you need is the 38 episodes of The Honeymooners. That's all you need. That's all they made. Thirty-eight. Wow! And it seems thirty-eight. That's played every fucking yep. New Year's Eve and, and, New Year's and, and, yeah. and they're always fresh, man. They really are. A little more than two seasons, and yet you would oh, think wow. growing up that they had fifteen had, seasons. Yeah, seriously. 
Um, I damn. For some reason, the one thing that keeps popping in my head is Deep Space Nine. Ooh, wow. really? Yes, yeah. that would be good. Yow! I'm stunned. Yeah, I would be in between Doctor Who just because of the the volume of it. There you go. I see. That's kind of cheating. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, it's Maybe your rules, you dude. Play, yeah, I know. You're right. The, uh, the 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 film of enough of them on top, you'd actually get a substantive film. <laughs> wow, we're wow. just being like douches <laughs> anyway, all over the place. Um, this oh, Jason, yeah, so, so that's you tonight. Uh, <laughs> either the, that or uh, MASH. All right. Um, MASH would be good. So anyway, so yeah, I will probably, because it's, it's based on a comic book series and I, I want to see these things continue and do well and and i like the cast i will watch the first episode of if it's it's if it's as half as good as the trailer it's going to be killer the trailers i keep really good i am not i'm i'm like i said earlier i'm not i'm not big on zombies you know i read the first trade and and you know i'll just and you know i was i was talking to marty you guys about this the other day eventually i'm sure that the story will progress to the point where that event happens can you imagine people are going to lose their shit when that event happens and you yeah but it's a long time coming i i know but seriously how how are they going to do that that is some you should be so lucky that the show goes on that long i i think it will it's already been picked up for a second season yeah you're going to have people screaming it and just like freaking out when that happens okay we're talking like the end of the second trade so yeah yeah this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics, as well as from Chef of the Future, has been brought to you by <laughs> Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and assorted bric-a-brac for huge, amazingly deep discounts. 35 45 55 way, way, way up to 75% off selected trades and comics and their little monthly spotlight specials. And if you are a first-time customer, you can enter the code EOC8 and get an extra additional plus a bonus 8% off your first order. It is insane. And in your travels, I have a very early printing of this book. It is from 19... 19- Oh, eight. 74. It's the yellow kid. 19, it is the yellow kid. 1974. <laughs> and it's one of my most treasured possessions. If there was one book that was instrumental in, in cementing my love for the art form, it's Jerry Robinson's The Comics, an illustrated history of comic strip art, a book that has recently been revised, updated, and reprinted from Abrams Comic Arts. Get this book. It is Awesome. In addition to like Alley Oop and Joe Paluca and uh, Polly and her pals, you have Guido Creepaxes in here. Wow. And, and Tintins in here. Um, it, it's amazing. It's Rocco Vargas. It, it focuses primarily on newspaper strips, but there's a plethora of artists in here. A- Andy Cap. Uh, little Abner's in here, uh, Little Nemo, Alley Oop, just, it's an amazing collection. My version costs $6.95. I, I would guess it's a little bit more expensive today, but it's from Abrams Comic Arts by Jerry Robinson, creator of The Who. Jerry Robinson? Joker. Yes. Oh, the Joker, yeah. It's called The Comics, an illustrated history of comic strip art. It is an amazing book. Go get it. Nice. Nice. 
Some Winsor McKay in there, huh? Mm. A lot of Winsor McKay. Gertie the Dinosaur's in here. It's great. Uh, in your travels, and I, I have a feeling if good? you want to keep up with the conversation in the next week or two, you best be going out and buying up one of the uh, the limited to uh, fifteen hundred copies of uh, Duncan hmm. the Wonder Dog, but from Madhouse oh, Books. Oh, show! Yeah, it's gonna, we're gonna Can blow up all it. over that. We're gonna tear it apart and savor every little minutia of it. Yep. I I, th- I would say it's probably the most anticipated book uh, at eleven o'clock comics this year. Well, after If and Oof for me, yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but I that could have been of any year, Vince. I think <laughs> yeah. collective. Uh, well, yeah, the outfit maybe, but yeah. yeah, you know, I still God, I still have to read the. I'm yeah, still swimming you. in a big old pool of books from Richie. from New York. I yeah. gotta make it to yeah. Parker. Oh yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, I, I got a novel today. Um, the new Queen and Country novel came out. I figured so. you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's going to be Doc and the Wonder Dog and uh, and Queen and Country. It's uh, the last run by by Rucka. That's that's <laughs> hopefully I can get those in the next week here because I got a new dog here in the house. You know, you know what? You know what, Chris? Just for you, when I when I updated the uh, the Amazon store, you do have uh, well, the, the last run. The, it is. It is part of your recommendations. Hey, wait right. a minute! You named your dog Parker. Yes, he did. After because Spider Man of, of the oh, Rose Gallery. Oh, for Spider Man! Nice. Right. Love it's, it. Yeah, it's it's not it's not uh, it's not the uh, Donald Westlake character. Oh, Parker. really? See, I was Parker. trying to piss you off. I thought for sure it would be that. No, but no, it's it's after Peter Parker. Dude, you should have named him Duncan. How cool would that be? No, what? No, it's Parker. His name is Parker. He's a Parker. Okay. He looks like a park. He's, he's adorable, park but he is a wonder dog. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I've been flipping through it because I still have a lot of stuff I need to get through. But I am <laughs> really enjoying Oceanverse, which you can get. Oh yeah, at the CBS. On, uh, the the four issues you can. Uh, it, and since it's not the end of the month yet, you still have a couple days to, to you put do. your order in. Check them out. I I I love how um, Michael's. Style has, has the lines are a little cleaner and 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 I I just I love seeing progression like that. But there's there's time travel. I got a little bit of a Rocketeer vibe yeah. early on. But there is that there, there's there's some fun stuff in here and uh, and and definitely check it out. So that's uh, my in your travels this week. Nice. Uh, before I tell you what to read in your travels, uh, we will be locking down tomorrow. The- oh yeah. Yes. 11 o'clock comics logo contest. Um, although we said it last week, we will say it again. Uh, the quality, uh, breadth, and depth of the submissions has been humbling and overwhelming. Crazy. Um, it's mm. going to be very hard, if not impossible, to pick one winner. So we may have I, something up our sleeves on that front. But I think we're going to have uh, a fight towards the end. Yeah. Okay, we may. So, yeah. But but we, we make two promises. When we are going to end the contest tomorrow so any last minute stragglers or what have you by all means uh and then we will announce a winner next week how about this how about this the four finalists including the winner get made into t-shirts uh or something like that yeah does that sound good absolutely we can do that Um, etsy Right? You don't pay in advance for those. FA Press, here we come. They print them on demand, right? <laughs> we already have a Zazzle store, but yes. So 
you're done making an awesome logo for us, thank you, uh, in your travels, do yourself a favor. Step back from the seriousness, the weightiness, the gravitas, mm. and read about Alex, Julie, Jack, and Katie, the, the power kids. Aww. Read, read some power pack, people. Yeah. Read some old school Aww. power pack. Read some old school. Pack. It's not all yeah. lighthearted, though. L- L- Luis and, well, and June Bergman, yeah. There was yeah, some, some drug well, issues and some child were, abuse yeah, issues. And, yeah. was, and then it was Dragon those. Man read, and Spider-Man. Yeah, don't read those. <laughs> don't read those. <laughs> read the beginning of it and, and read some of the... There's been some great Marvel Adventures minis yeah. that have come out the last of them, but, uh, but I, uh, I cleaned out some long boxes organizing and I came across a long run of the original series by yeah. Wheezy and the like. And uh, it's a damn... I really, really enjoyed that series. John Bogdanov. Hell yeah. yeah. Hil- Hillary Porta Inks. In fact, I may in fact be Kofi White Man next week when I introduce myself. In nice. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I picked up. Uh, I picked up uh, the first trade of X Factor Forever tonight. Speak of Weezy. Ah, Weezy and Dan Panosian. Dan, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah, yep. Looking forward to it. Nice. All right. Thank you for being here. I just want to keep talking. Voice next week. You got to leave time for the voicemail, since. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someday soon. When I get my computer moved, then we'll we'll do the ill pickle special. Yeah. Well, it's going to be like two friggin' hours. Uh, oh. Thank, thank you for being with us, and we'll be back here next week. We love you. Go buy some comics, yeah. and do not forget this Sunday night, Walking Dead. It's ten o'clock, right? Ooh, that's right. Ten o'clock Eastern Standard Time, because that's the only time zone that matters. On AMC. On hey. AMC. Hey! And on a com- uh, on a commercial break, whether you're whether you're a chimelian or an earthling, leave us an iTunes review. We can use a few more. What's a chimelian? Yeah. Excuse me. Is that the what is that? Dude, that's the horse creatures. That's the aliens. That's what Kofi was. He was a chimelian. How did you How did you pronounce it? Chimelian. Oh. K y m e l i. Yeah. I I zone out after the K y. All right. Oh oh. D- disclaimer time. Yes, disclaimer time. Oh, all right, all right. Follow the follow the format. Yeah, yeah. View, views expressed by the members of the show, callers, guests, and the occasionally intercepted transmission are solely those of the individuals expressing them. It may not reflect the opinions of of eleven o'clock comics. Kevin McGuire fucking rules. Ding. While alcohol <laughs> is often consumed and consumed often on the show, there are currently no laws prohibiting drinking and podcasting. God, I love beer. It is so good to have you back. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of 11 o'clock comics is strictly prohibited. Renee sleeps with an I'm with Vince B t-shirt. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> oh, all content presented in this program is the sole property of 11 o'clock comics and Vince B's delusions. And this has been an 11 o'clock comics production copyright 2010. Well done. Walking Dead. Sunday yeah, you've you've you. She loves you even more now with the honeymooners love fans. Let me tell you, <laughs> best show ever. Boom! There's no to the moon. That's right. The man from Mars. There's so many of those I'd episodes. Like a to my fist up, Jackie Gleason says. Gleason was awesome. No, 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 no. You, you know what he was no- awesome in? The toy. Yeah. Oh, can- don't oh, yeah. You're not kidding. <laughs> Oh, I Wait, don't like the toy? Gleason was awesome in everything. Friggin' dude, Smokey like and the sleep. Bandit? I, oh, dude, as 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 Smokey, he was fucking awesome. No, I'll, I'll talk about the toy later. 
Allow me to punch your oh mama. My God, I love that movie. <laughs> I, I loved the toy years ago. And then I started thinking about the toy and, and knowing... Oh, well, I've seen it. Jackie Gleason believed in UFOs and confronted Nixon on the subject. No kidding. Yeah. Jack, did, I have boundless love for, for the great one. Pal zoom right to the effing moon. Let's go. Yes. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you traveling around town with the girl I love and I like and fuck you. I just a change in my pocket wasn't enough. I'm like, fuck you and I fuck her too. Say the power was greater and still be greater. Now ain't that some shit? And although there's pain in my chest, I still wish you the best of the fuck you. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't afford a Ferrari. But that don't mean I can't get you there. I guess he's an Xbox, and I'm more an Atari. But the way you play your game ain't fair. I picture the fool that falls in love with you. Tell your little boy See you driving round town With the girl I love And I like to fuck you I just a change in my pocket Wasn't enough